switch pillows with you, but I'm allergic to sponge. I got a bad allergy to it. I've been sneezing all night with that thing. That's why I carry my own pillow. Psychoallergenic. You want to switch? No, I just want to sleep. Me too. I am bushed. Clear my sinuses. I'll snore all night. You spill beer all over the bed. You smoke. You 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 mess up the bathroom. Well, who let you stay in the room? I even let you pay for it so you wouldn't feel like an intruder, which you most certainly are. You're no saint. You got a free cab. You got a free room. Someone who'll listen to your boring stories. I mean, didn't you, didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking? Eventually, I started reading the vomit bag. Didn't that give you some sort of clue? Like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. Honey, I'd, li I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. I, I, I could tolerate any any insurance seminar. For days, I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face. They'd say, how can you stand it? And I'd say, because I've been with Del Griffith. I can take anything. You know what they'd say? They'd say, I know what you mean. Shower curtain ring guy. <laughs> it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. I expect you to have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. Except I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. Seven minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of December of the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. This, my friends, me compadres, me amigos, my fellow travelers on the road of whimsy. This is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along. It is uh, 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join us today. Your comments, questions, ruminations. Observations about how that Sweet Pickles bus never came by your house as a child. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or what Mr. Malvert would call the absurd. It is 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. 970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. 
Uh, by the way, today, Richie, we have... Is this the Guy Richie thing, Rock and Roller? That's the new Guy Richie film, right? Anyway, so this week we have run of engagement passes to Rock and Roller. Uh, four passes each, good for two people. That's love hearing you trying to sound hip and say Rock and Roller. Rock and Roller. Roller. All right, well, in any event. Written and directed by Guy Ritchie. In London, a real estate scam puts millions of pounds up for grabs, attracting some of the city's scrappiest tough guys. Have you seen any trailers for this? Isn't the trailer for every Guy Ritchie movie? The city's scrappiest tough guys who talk in an impenetrable cockney slang. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be knocking the giveaway. And it's more established underworld types, all of whom are looking to get rich quick. While the city's seasoned criminals, the longest copy points ever, vie for the cash, an unexpected player, a drugged-out rock and roller, presumed to be dead but very much alive, these never end, has a multi-million dollar prize fall into his hands. I've forgotten what the movie's about. We have passes for this, though, so that's good for you. Uh, all right, so one random on-air caller today wins a uh, pass for two to see uh, rock and roller. A run of engagement pass. There you go. All right. It is uh, 503-733-2970. It is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming along. Here's what's on the agenda for today's amusement. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will join us from the Hill today. Lisa Desjardins will join us about, I don't know. I think it's the, I think it's some damn guy from an auto company again. Is this the Ford guy saying he'll work for a dollar? Just a dollar. They should bargain down to at least 75 cents. They should tell him it's not good enough. I would. Here's what I want to see the Ford guy do. This is just me. I don't pretend to speak for anybody else. I want to see the Ford guy work for a dollar, but then I want to see him have to do like a little dance. Not like a figurative dance, like actually a dance. In his underwear and nothing else. On television. Like at 9 o'clock. Exactly. No, like it. He should have to do that while singing I'm a Little Teapot Short and Stout along with Handle and Spout Motions. Then they'll give him the money. Uh, all right, so we'll talk to Lisa Desjardins about... They're not even... They're just calling it the meltdown now. They're not even bothering to clarify what kind of meltdown it is. Anyway, so... Uh, Isn't everything melting down? It really is. Bad part one. Lisa Desjardins will talk about that. Um, let's see, bad part two. That's this boat that they can't quite seem to get... I don't know what's wrong with the South, man. They got that... Georgia, they still can't figure out who the, who the senator is down there. Well, anyway, Amanda Moyer's going to talk about that. Let's see what else. Um... And then Steve Kastenbaum's talking about some thing that eludes me at the moment. Wait. 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 Yeah, Obama, Clinton, blah, blah, blah. So there you go. Uh, so that's up today. Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. Uh, about it. Uh, Here's the best part about that. And I know it's kind of a fait accompli or a thing like that, that Hillary Clinton is the Secretary of State. The best part is now... Like, they, that, that story hadn't even happened like 90 seconds, and they were saying, and who will fill Hillary Clinton's Senate seat? Could it be Bill Clinton? So there you go. So we'll talk to uh, Steve about that. Uh, Mr. Skin today in a special Tuesday appearance. So we will talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com back after a couple weeks off. Uh, we will talk to Nina Parker from TMZ. We have uh, another double installment of Rick Emerson's Joy of Christmas right here. Another installment of Rick Emerson's Joy of Christmas coming. We have Brittany Watch. Uh, let's see. Brittany Watch, Religious Nutcase Watch, that's coming up. Uh, Geek Watch, uh, your phone calls, and uh, so forth. It's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Tuesday. Britney Spears begins her life again on this her 27th birthday. Is it her 27th birthday today? It is. Happy, Happy birthday, Brittany. Brittany. Happy birthday. WAMU will slash at least 9,200 jobs. Can we have the story yesterday? We didn't have the figure yesterday, though. Oh, okay. OHSU is having a hiring freeze with possible layoffs. 
Dogs have always been allowed to run free in the state house, but not anymore. Dogs are being banned. Snowboards with pictures of scantily clad ladies and severed fingers outrage parents. Please stop a girl from committing suicide online. Ford CEO promises to work for a dollar a year. A Florida boy attacks his dad with a Christmas tree. And the FCC wants free nationwide wireless internet access. All right. Well, whatever. All right. So, uh, there you go. The FCC's on the case, so everything's going to be fine with the internet. All right. Um, so this is a this is the same set of Washington Mutual uh, job slashings, not like a supplemental set. No, not like a sort of adjunct, like the steak knives to the uh, not a, not the steak knives to the car of yesterday's slashings. Yeah, that is correct. All right, fantastic. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented and only slightly scarred Sarah Exton. How are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. Oh, before I forget, speaking of Britney Spears' birthday, my friends, I think my drunken friends, uh, Jedediah and Paul, are. Uh, down at the Pioneer Courthouse Square with a cake for Britney Spears. Jedediah and Paul? Yes. Are they there to fetch the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yeah, I think they're listening, they're listening to our show. Oh, hello. Hi. So um, at noon, they're, they're going to be down there with a cake for Britney Spears, so go and harass them. They're hilarious. Wait, they're going to be... Is everybody going to sing? He, I got a text message this morning at like 8.30. It's like, happy Britney Spears' birthday. Meet for at noon um, for cake to celebrate her birthday at Pioneer Courthouse Square. So this is your friends doing this. They have a cake. Do you yeah, know they, they have, have a cake? Be drunk. Now, no, this he, a, they have a cake. He just he wrote me again. And he's just like, hey. Is it a special Britney cake, or is it just an everyday cake that they're going to use for Britney? I don't know. I think he might go, you know, full throttle with us. I think it might be a special Britney cake. So how will they? Before we move any further, let's address this business of Britney Spears' uh, birthday party, which is apparently an ad hoc sort of celebration happening at noon today at Pioneer Courthouse Square. Where should now? Isn't it raining outside? Oh, pish posh. I don't All think right. it is anymore. I'm it's just, just kind of gray. All right. Uh, well, where should people go? And what's a little go? rain on Britney Spears' birthday, Rick Emerson? That is Someone's true. Someone's leaving a cake out in the rain. See, I wasn't going to say that, and then you said it anyway. So I'm glad. <laughs> see, that's the thing. I'm glad you said that, because now... Because it's lame. Because it's, be, because it's been said, but I don't have to be the one who said it. Um, but that's what you were thinking. It's, what, it's exactly what I was thinking. It's what everybody over the age of 30 was thinking. Everybody everywhere. Well, that's... Did you ever hear the um, Did you ever hear the Donna Summer version of that? Yes. Yeah, there's the Donna Summer version. I have a Waylon Jennings version at home too. I've never heard that one. No, it's awful. Uh, do you know the song we're talking about, Sarah MacArthur Park? Mm-mm. Someone left the cake out in the rain. No, I had no idea. I, I figured it was a reference I wasn't getting. Oh, it's the worst song ever. It, um, it really is. No, there's this Yet thing. Yeah, people in, bought it in droves to, and and by and repeatedly in different cover versions by different artists. Mm-hmm. The, I have to say, I have to say that I have to cough. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I'm allergic to sponge. What was I saying? Uh, just as a side note, there's this thing they do in Canada called the uh, the Hallelujah Project, which is where there's some, because I think copyright laws are different up there, uh, or some crap. I think everything is just socialized. So anyway, but there's some webpage that they run up in Canada called the Hallelujah Project, where they're trying to get and post every single known recording of Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. And everybody kind of knows the Jeff Buckley one because he's dead and hot and everything. But uh, but they're trying to get a, a web page where every single version of Hallelujah can be posted. But they ought to do that with MacArthur Park because there's been like 5,000 different versions of that, including a parody by Weird Al. Now we have to play it later just so Sarah can hear it. So apparently today at noon, there is, uh, some of Sarah's possibly drunken friends are gathering at Pioneer Courthouse Square. Like what, like just in the middle or like on the steps? I think so. You can't, you can't miss them. They're kind of strange. Show me the people with the cake. They'll be the people with the cake, probably wearing, like, little short shorts. No, that... Okay. Uh, and they'll have a cake to celebrate Britney's birthday. Go buy at your own risk. This is not <laughs> sanctioned by CBS. We're simply letting you know about some of the colorful happenings in our fine city. Exactly. 
So, there you go. So, yeah, speaking of colorful happenings, yeah, I had a fun night last night when met some friends uh, in Beaverton. Everybody loves Beaverton. Everybody loves Beaverton. And then, um, yeah, and then went out for a drink and then walked home and... And tripped over a construction sign and fell and skinned my knees. You weren't walking. Where were you? You weren't walking home from Beaverton. Where are you walking? Home no, I was from? walking home from uh, Hawthorne. All right. And there was a construction sign that was like partially damaged, covered. In probably. It. Oh, and it was like pouring, and I was already like, it was kind of a strange night, and so I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna call it a night. And like, I went and had a glass of wine. I'm like, uh, I'm just, I'm in for the night. Tasha, so, deep hole. <laughs> so I was walking. And tripped over a construction sign, flew off the sidewalk, and like landed, you know, with my palms on the ground and my my knees like scraped on the ground. That's too. fantastic. In the pouring rain, I got my pants all dirty, and I like totally cut one of my knees, and the other one's bruised. Now, how did you cut? Did it tear your pants? It didn't tear my pants. Do you ever but like? Do you ever like? You notice though. Automatically, your palms will always break your fall. Totally. Mm-hmm. But that then happened to me when I get hit by the car in L.A. Yeah, it ripped my gloves a little bit. And you totally have uh, what the cops would call defensive wounds. Do you ever scrape your knee though, or like to the point that it draws blood? But then you look and your jeans themselves aren't torn, mm-hmm. and you wonder how it is that happened. Yeah. Like microscopic pieces of rock going through the fibers of your pants. I, I cut my knee as a child in one of those uh, pedal cars, but mm-hmm. they were metal with jagged edges. And oh I, yeah. I still have the scar on my knee from that. No, those things were turning in those cars. Oh, those things are bad, and they were all and those here. Here's the great thing about those pedal cars, and by great I mean awful, they were like a perfect microcosm of actual like real American cars in that they were metal, no padding, no seatbelt, nothing, I mean nothing but just jagged, spiky, pointy edges everywhere. So that is. Do uh, they still make those? I don't know. Probably, you know, probably not here. That, that's become probably like cigarettes. That's now one of those things that we probably make and then send off to Vietnam for children to play with there. You know what I mean? Have a palm ball and a pointy metal car thing. All right. Well, in any event, so but your palms are fine. Doesn't look like you have. No, uh, I was actually wearing gloves. All right. So my See? gloves were a little scraped up, like they were kind of worn down. They didn't have holes in them, but they're kind of worn thin now. And let me just say, we were talking about evolution in the recap earlier today about those bats that fly into the propeller, not propeller, the windmill things in the gorge. That thing of when you trip, you put or when you fall off your bike, or you put your palms out to protect yourself, that seems like a thing that we should have evolved past by now, because that's nobody's. Because all it does is screw up your palms. And you run the risk of shattering your elbow and all of the bones in your arm. Yes. It seems like... Anyway. See, that's what I'm saying. And so, yeah, you end up with, like, you, you bar your arm out and then... Psh, and it just shatters everything. So doesn't it seem like we ought to have evolved into some sort of an instinctual tuck and roll kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. You trip, you just... You turn, and then you just land on your shoulder or whatever. I'm just saying, it seems like that's a thing. And then you end up with it on your arm to ruin your summer and your second side watching MTV's Beach House. Totally. <laughs> and especially if you, like, scrape the palms of your hands... Because then it never heals, because you're flexing your hands like a thousand times. Every time mm-hmm. you get like a undo your zipper or pick up a bottle, you're like, Eah! and then it just never heals. It's like when you cut a knuckle. Let me just tell you this. Here's a horrible thing. I did one time. I was shaving, and and I have to say that as we get, and we're all over the place here, but as we get closer to Christmas, Lars me when I've went up for Christmas, and I I, I don't really ever want anything because I just don't. You know, like I don't really ever. Uh, I'm above material things. I just, but this year I want an electric razor. That's the thing I decided on. I've been thinking about it. She's like, what do you want? Electric razor. And I think she was prepared for me to again say nothing. But I want an electric razor because I just hate shaving and it sucks. And it's, you know, it's just the, you know, you girls can skip a day for the most part. Guys can't do that. You can scrape your face with a scrapey thing. It's no good. But one of the things that guys will do occasionally, depending on how close in your facial hair grows. You know, like like you got to shave like around your mouth, like your upper lip and your lower mm-hmm. lip. Occasionally, you'll you'll <laughs> go to shave the area next to your mouth, and then this is so gross. You will cut the corner of your mouth. Oh God! Like uh, you'll like you'll misjudge, and you'll go, and it'll actually cut the corner of your mouth like Joker style, and then that never heals unless you just don't talk for a week. 
Unless you want to take all your meals through your nose. Did everything you did just never every time you open your mouth, it, ah, you know. So that's no good. All right. Well, in any event, um, well, that does not sound like fun. No, it doesn't. Uh, so we'll get somebody's calling about underwear. Somebody's calling about MacArthur Park. Uh, let's see. So we got uh, Lisa Desjardins coming today. Steve Castro, Amanda Moyer, uh, Mr. Skin, Nita Parker, Joy of Christmas, Brittany Watch, Religious Nutcase Watch, etc. Uh, for everybody. And you don't really realize how many people play a particular video game until you mention that you play it online. And so I came today, my just for for the record, I didn't get a chance to play Left 4 Dead uh, last night. I was busy, and then I was trying to get. I'm doing this thing of multitasking my pop culture, where I spent like I spent all night Sunday playing Left 4 Dead, but then all night last, and I'm trying to catch up on Dexter because I know that there's a trailer that's like this week everything goes all the, the S hits the fan. So I'm trying to get caught up on Dexter. So don't like call and be spoiling everything for me. Um, or if you, if you want to call up and discuss it, like, let me know so I can sort of shunt you to the side. Because I'm only on episode, I just finished episode six, so I got like uh, three more, then I'll be caught up. I'm trying to get that done the next couple of days. So, Left for Dead, I'm behind on, so I can't kill zombies because I'm busy watching the serial killer kill other killers. So it's just it's, it's the whole thing. Um, all right, well, let's get these calls, and then I have this other stuff to talk about. It's going to be kind of a big, uh, it's going to be kind of a big thing to chew off. So I'll get these out of the way first. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. First call of the day, setting the tone for all that follows. Please don't suck. Hello, Rick. Hi, how are you, sir? Hey, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, I got three things. One is underwear, and you can find some real nice underwear down there on uh, Foster at uh, Fred Meyer's Gut. Um, uh, Tabasco sauce, Jack Daniels, all the redneck underwear down there. Those are boxer shorts. I think the last time I was at, it wasn't the Gap, but there was some place where I was looking at the boxer shorts, and it wasn't Tabasco sauce, but it was something similar to that. It was like, you know, it was like the Mr. Peanut guy, or the, the guy, who's the peanut with the monocle and the top hat? Mr. Peanut? That's Mr. Peanut. And wearing Mr. Peanut underwear is just, that's a little weird, but, all right, what's your other but thing? But snowmen sir? are okay. And, and, and my other thing is uh, the Ford CEOs. Yes. I, I work for nothing. I take old people to, well, senior citizens. Uh, I'm at the food bank right now waiting for a bunch of senior citizens to come off with their food boxes and take them back. You're a good person. I, I work for nothing, and I, I, I run TriMet. Uh, I ride on TriMet and C-Tran. When I get off at night or in the morning, I want to call America's Most Wanted and say I've found everyone. Yes. And uh, so I don't contribute to the problem. I ride the bus. And the third thing, um, this guy is sitting here. He's listening to me. He says, Rick. Aren't we all? Yes. If they, if they if they, this guy is telling me this. Yes. If they taped uh -huh. your mouth shut, your tongue would beat your brains out. I don't think that. I think you're excellent. And thank you for all your entertainment. No, thank you, sir. You call us anytime. See you later. All right. Thank you. There you go. I like a guy who has good. Is a well-structured call. He knew ex You know what that guy did? He planned his work and he worked his plan. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's, uh, how's it going, man? What's uh, up? Uh, three things really quick. Uh, the Queers did a great cover of uh, MacArthur Park. Really? Yep. I did, when off of a uh, day late and a dollar short. All right, so you're going to have to go find it. All right. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, another is uh, uh, songs that everyone's covered, uh, Stagger Lee or Stackle Lee. Or... <laughs> no, Stagger Lee, totally. No, that's one yeah. of those songs that's been covered like 5,000 times. Yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, the other thing, uh, shaving, cutting the little nub thing in your ear, the little thing that sticks out in the front. Why are you, you shaving inside your ear? No, the side, shaving the sideburns, you know? Oh, oh, the... Uh... What is that thing called, Sarah? I have no idea. It's a not the uh, thing. Yeah, but it's like the, it's like a little flap that is meant to close over your ear hole, kind of. I don't it know. It doesn't, but, but that's uh, almost like that's what it's supposed to. It hurts. Yeah, no. And, uh, but I mean, how did you even do that? 
we'll just, you know, I shave in the shower. I don't do the mirror thing and... You okay, know, well, okay. Feeling. All right, every, see, no, every that's once a, in a while. No, you gotta, you gotta either have a mirror or just never take the razor off your face. Is that way you always know where it is? I'm no seriously, because then, because otherwise, you just lift the razor off and you put it back down. Get you could be putting it on your eyeball. You don't want to do that. Truth so. be told, that's the only place I've ever cut myself, and I've only done it a couple hey, times. Hey, talking of shaving woes, can I tell you two things? One. I think I told the story. That I cut the end of my nose one time with a, with a razor. That was no good. See, Tim's holding his face right now. Oh. And it's because I it's because I went to it's because I had my contacts out and I was half asleep and I went to scratch myself like oh. under my eye like I had an itch and I'm like oh, I got to scratch myself and I forgot that the razor was in my hand and so I went to scratch myself and then when I put the hand back down to start shaving the blade went zoom, right by the oh, tip oh. of my nose shaved yeah. the tip of my nose clean off and oh, that's one God. of those no and see here's the thing but here's what sucks about that apart from everything a I don't mean to be grossing everybody out but I mean this is why I need an electric razor um, a it hurts like a mf'er. It hurts like a bastard. Oh, I mean, yeah. that hurt. You don't know from pain. B, that bleeds forever. That never, ever, ever quits bleeding. That bleeds for like a day and a half. Uh, C, then the whole time it's healing, people are looking at the tip of your nose going, what's up with that, funny man? Uh, and you're waiting to see if the tip of your nose is just going to be permanently scarred. Because that's no good. Then you look like you're wearing some sort of clown. Or it gets infected and it falls off. Yeah, I mean, that's no good. Uh, but here's the other thing. You know you know where else the razor's no good? Sometimes I'll be shaving uh, not underneath my ear as such, but, you know, like your sideburns. And then you kind of go back to get, like, your neckline between your sideburns and your ears. Yeah, the little peach fuzz. Around. Totally, yeah. And then occasionally you press too hard, and then it's just like it gets all red and irritated. But you don't notice it until later in the day, and then everybody else looks at you and thinks you got hit by a 2 by 4 Oh, yeah. yeah. Or the transition from the uh, under the chin to the front of the chin. Yeah, that's no that's no walk in the park either. Nope. All right. All right, no, thank you, sir. Thanks a lot, Rick. All right, there you go. Torgy. See you, man. Uh-huh. That's why i got to get one of those. Uh, that's why i got to get an electric razor, which I've tried in the past. In the past, I have endeavored to use an electric razor. But the thing is... First of all, I went before the internet. I went through this whole thing of thinking they didn't work, because I guess there's like a three-week period where your whiskers or whatever, like they have to sort of get trained. Like the, the razor doesn't work right away. Like it takes about two weeks for it to start for the, I guess the grain or the the way your hair lays in your face or whatever to actually start, you know, for it to start working. Um, so I've never, and plus I think I was just bought like, how much is this electric razor? Nine dollars sold, and then I would be amazed that it didn't work. So I got to do that because I'm just. Uh, a, because I'm sick of injuring myself. B, then you get, like, the uh, the shaving cream where it's, like, you either got the brush thing, which is expensive, or you got, like, the $1.99, like, gunk in a can. And then that can just gets all disgusting and gross after a while. And it's just, and then you get whiskers inside your sink. And it's, uh, I've had my fill of it. Shaving your legs is not fun either. Have you ever seen Cabin Fever? Wait, the horror movie? Yeah. No. Okay, there's this horrible part. Like, I've nicked my knees and stuff. You know, and everyone kind of gouges themselves when you're shaving your legs. But there's this part in Cabin Fever where the girl, you know, where she gets the disease and she's shaving her legs in the bathtub and she starts shaving. Uh, her skin. Like, oh, and that just reminds me of it. every time I'm shaving. I'm just like, I don't want to. Oh. That's bad. No, I, I want, want you to see that because I can't unsee it. Yeah, I don't want to. Anyway, um, and this is ultra. All right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. I think we're gonna break here in just a moment. Do I have something else I want to read? I had some other crap that I wanted to say. I said the rock and roll thing. Oh, uh, this is just a side note. This is just this is apropos of nothing. I'm just going to say this and draw from this what ye may. Uh, Lara and I were out on Saturday. We were looking looking for lunch, and we went uh, looking for lunch in all the wrong places, as it turns out. We were walking up and down a street that I won't name. A street that has become, uh, it, it's a street that's in the stages of what they call gentrification, which means that, uh, you know, that like Whitey comes in and ruins everything. So here's how you know, by the way, that the street, that the street is becoming gentrified. 
We passed a restaurant, I swear to God, on their menu. And I don't think it's like an ironic thing as such, because it's like, it was like a really, it was one of those restaurants that like menu printed up and then put in the window. And I think the, I think the menu we looked at did not have, here's how, by the way, here's how you can tell you're looking at a restaurant where you probably can't afford to eat. The prices on the menus don't have dollar signs. And I don't know what that is, man. Like you go to like a McDonald's, it's just like a dollar, and there's a dollar sign next to it. Two ninety nine dollar sign next to it. Some restaurants, you know, how much is this fillet of sole? Seventeen, no dollar sign, just a one out of seven. That's how you know the restaurant is expensive. So it's one of those restaurants. I swear to God, in the cocktail menu, they sell a thing called a metrosexual Cosmo. No, they don't. I swear to I wrote it down at 3.25 p.m. on Saturday, November 29th. Maybe like lavender vodka or something. They sell a thing called a metrosexual Cosmo. Right below that, they sell a thing called a white trash margarita. Because it's got paps in it. So there you go. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think you can buy it in a mason jar. Uh, let's take a break. Back after this, Lisa Desjardins around the corner, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Amanda Moyer, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth, Mr. Skin, Nina Parker, top five in your call. Stay there. It's Rick Emerson. Hey. Yeah. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. And whatnot. Uh, coming up later on today, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, as well as Amanda Moyer will be joining us. we got Nina Parker from TMZ, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, a double joy of Christmas update. Brittany Watch, including exciting tour news. She's coming to your town. She's not. Uh, in the meantime, we have, from the hills, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm fantastic. Wow. Are you a Britney Spears fan? Absolutely. Yeah, in the sense that I, I think that, uh, yeah. So you're a fan of her craziness, not so much of her that's, music. That's, that's, that's the. Imp- thank you for filling in the blank. Yeah. That's the inference. I am definitely a fan. Well, have you talked to Dick Giuliano about Britney Spears? Have I talked to Dick Giuliano about Britney Spears? Well, his cousin directs her music videos. No. Yes. Who's his cousin? Um, Last name's Giuliano, but he, he wins all kinds of awards, and he's a big... Uh, Britney Spears music video director. Do you know now? Do you know which videos he's directed? I see. Dick could tell you this. I don't know. Hold I on. Know. We're gonna Google it live on the air right now because nothing equals ratings like Googling things in real time. Hold on. <laughs> Britney Spears. All right, I'm dogpiling while you uh, Google. Really, dogpile? Yeah, I love it. But well, I didn't even know that was still around. Oh. Well, okay. Well, fair enough. Really, dogpile? Yeah. Do, I mean, do they actually like just? Does Dogpile actually now use Google as one of, for those who don't know, Dogpile is this search engine, sort of an aggregate search engine from way back when, and the deal is that it would search like five different engines all at once. And so, but I thought that kind of went away. I thought that Google really was just king of the hill at this point. Kind of like I don't use Hotbot anymore. I like the, I like the, uh, you know, the alt. So is this, uh, is this uh, Joseph Giuliano? Is it, so Joseph Giuliano who has directed some of Britney Spears' videos, is Dick Giuliano's cousin. Yes. So I now see, now the next time we talk to Dick Giuliano, I have to see if I can get get the cousin on the show to talk about Britney Spears. So I can say, what's she really like? Yeah, I uh, mean, he apparently he knows his way around Hollywood, so. All right, yeah. fantastic. Okay, I'm all over that. Thank you for the heads up on that. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? Yeah, you, he's got crazy connections. All right, here's, and by the way, uh, up in my office, I do actually have a little uh, stick figure drawing of, uh, not Dick Giuliano, but Bob Costantini right. by you, right? <laughs> and I was trying to get you to draw one of Giuliano. And you yes, and that uh, really is 
is kind of what he looks like. Um, final thing here before we move on. The reason I asked you about Britney Spears, and I'm going to make this speech to everybody today. Her new record came out today. Oh, right. The lead single, which is called Womanizer, is yes. really, really good. It's yes. also got a, it's a good video as well. It's, see there, that's what I'm talking about. Kind of a uh, kind of a toxic meets Mad Men meets oh. Fight Club kind of a thing. So there's that. But the, there's another song on the album, the new Britney Spears record. There's a song whose title I cannot say on the air uh, because it is a rather crude double entendre. But the song has the name Amy in the title. I'm telling you, that's the sleeper. That's the song everybody's going to talk about. Oh, really? I'm just saying it's going to be uh, it's going to be jumping off as the young people. I only say. know about the uh, the womanizer video because uh, uh, some gay friend showed it to me. I'm telling you right now, though, it's, it's... and very very well done with her uh, in the sauna there. Very looking like she's in really good shape, but maybe it's the angles. You can't really tell. I don't think it's her. I think that's her on some. I think that's her on a body that hasn't had quite as much mileage put on it. That's just my. Spe- <laughs> I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm just that's my speculation. So. <laughs> Right. I am saying that's the case. I'm saying it right now. It's fraud. Yes. Right. Um, hey, so we were noting earlier they've just dispatched with any sort of like even euphemism, and they just call the auto thing now a meltdown. So yeah, how about that? All right. So I don't even know what's going on. All I know is the Ford guy made some, in my opinion, too little, too late thing. I'll work for a dollar, which just seems like, <laughs> you know, maybe if you thought of that, I don't know when your business was on the verge of failing, friend. Right. So we're still not quite sure exactly what that means because. Their base salary is very small compared to the rest of their compensation. Right. Well, it's all about the bonus and the stock. Right. Right. But, of course, their stock isn't doing all that great right now. But Although Ford, actually, Ford stock went up today, I think 10%, uh, after the announcement of their plan. But Ford is doing much better than everybody else, which is probably why their CEO said, wait, you know, why should I? You know, I feel like we're the ones that we got it right. Why right. should I give up my salary? Right. Uh, but he is, and they're all now driving down to Washington. I, actually, we don't know yet. Are they doing a carpool? Well, the, you know, this was this was your idea long ago. They're they're not carpooling, as far as we know. But and the I believe it is the CEO of GM has yet to announce how he is getting here. But they are saying it it will not be corporate jet. Maybe he'll take a commercial flight. They don't know. It was my idea before they decided to get like a twenty-five thousand dollar G four to or whatever just to, to fly them there. Now it just now it just seems pan. The thing is, it's okay to pander as long as you don't look like you're doing it. The right. pandering's got to look completely organic and natural. People don't mind being manipulated as long as it's not you know as long as it's not too obvious. They okay. like you to at least put up a good a good front that you're being <laughs> subtle about it. You know. Right. Exactly. Right. But yeah. So the two of them are driving anyway. I think they'll be driving tomorrow. Looks like the hearings will be Thursday. So C-SPAN junkies, you'll have some good um, auto hearings on Thursday. So Thursday. what is the? But I mean, what has changed? In other words, they're still just back going like, look, no, seriously, no fooling. We need twenty-five billion dollars. I mean, what is what is the difference between then and now? Well, well, we're we're still waiting for. They've got this deadline that I think is five o'clock today. It is sometime today. I don't know if they're going to interpret that as midnight, but sometime today they're supposed to get in these very specific plans that answer uh, dozens of questions from Congress about uh, their their exact cash assets, their their cash. Uh, flow and right. about how they would pay back this money and what they would use the money for. Ford has already um, given out the details of its plan. Ford is the first in the box. We have not seen Chrysler or GM's plans yet, and the clock's ticking. They've got to get these plans in in the next couple of hours, and this is what Congress is going to base its decision on, whether to loan these guys any money. Do these plans make any sense? Does it look like these car companies are going to get their act together, or are they It's so abysmally lost that it's not worth trying to rescue them? And and so they've got to get these plans in the next couple of hours. All right, I got I got two things to say. Yeah. Uh, one of them is uh, I got the, and I can't take credit. It's in the email. Uh, let's see. 
This is a, a listener named Allison who sent this. And Allison says, uh, Kennedy said we will have a, ma- a man on the moon in X years. I think he said by the end of this decade. Mm-hmm. Says, uh, the Bucks were there for the space program. We did it. He, Allison says, my proposal for the big three, this is genius. We will have energy independence in X years. Uh, the Bucks are there to develop solar fuel cells, high-capacity batteries, high-efficiency electric motors, etc., to achieve a petroleum-independent marketable vehicle. But... The money from uh, the money, the bailout money, can only go toward these items. If you don't make the goal, the funds are due in full at the end of the X year period. Hmm. If you can't repay the loans in total, we own your company. No golden parachutes allowed. In other words, we'll give you the twenty-five billion, but you have fifteen years to get us completely off oil and in a marketable car that is petroleum-free. Uh, and if you don't do it, but you owe us all the money, and everybody there is fired with with like no no in nothing, like no parachute. And you got to give back the money, give Seriously. back the salaries from the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I'd sign off on that today. And you, here's the thing, don't you think that Congress actually has the leverage at this point? Like, Congress could do, I mean, they, the, uh, the auto industry needs Congress more than Congress needs the auto industry. So it does, it does seem like it, like Congress could just say, look, this is, this is the deal. Take it or leave it, pal. Well, you know, Allison's got a really – the only, I think, hitch in her plan is that the money that – Congress would be giving must go to, uh, you know, futuristic, you know, fuel efficient. The car of tomorrow. The car of tomorrow. The, the problem is that these guys have um, their bleed. They they basically can't meet meet their payroll right now. So the loans that they're looking for, Congress actually passed another 25 billion earlier this year to go to green technology and helping the auto companies, you know refit everything and make better uh, cars that would get us off of gasoline. But that money hasn't actually started making its way to the car companies yet, of course, because that's how Washington works. But the the problem now is that for GM especially and for Chrysler, they can't meet they're, – they're basically in danger of not being able to make payroll, not being able to survive. So they would need – you know, I, I think her plan is great if you could just give those automakers, say, all right, you can use this money – However you want, but by X year, you got to meet this goal or else... I uh, See, if I was the government, and look, the government is just so in hoc at this point anyway. I mean, we're just bleeding red everywhere. So the government, in my opinion, I say, as though I can just make things happen with a wave of my hand, the government should just say, look, we'll cover your payroll. You know, we'll, we'll handle that. You know, we'll, we'll get, you know, we'll hire express personnel to get over there and take care of things. Um, you know, so we'll handle that. In the meantime, here's your deadline. Here's your money. Make it happen or we own you. I mean, we own you lock, stock, and freaking barrel at the end of this. That would just be my speculation. So I've got a couple of quick news items. Okay. We've got uh, Mike O'Mara's favorite, uh, Bill Richardson. Yeah. Will be announced as Secretary of Commerce tomorrow. Excellent. So that's pretty exciting. And then also uh, the $600 million uh, Capital Visitor Center is now open. And actually, I just got lost a few minutes ago looking for a vending machine. A $600 million Capital Visitor Center. Are yeah. there that many people really clamoring to visit the Capitol? Is that incredible? $600 million. It's $200 million over budget. What would you even... Of course it is. Yeah. What? Is it made entirely out of $800 hammers? <laughs> no. Actually, they, they use $100 bills. I wouldn't even know how to spend $600 million on a building. Isn't it incredible? Uh, how, do, how does that... I mean, really, honestly, how does that even happen? Well, you know, I can only imagine that there's some, somehow it, uh, there, there are many secret underground. There are layers and chambers. Elevators. And don't forget the, uh, don't forget the room in the basement where the giant snake lives. And that's why I was looking for the Pepsi machine. You go to the Pepsi machine, yeah. you hit the, and it's actually a big giant elevator to the, to the underground. Hey, as we wrap this up here, because uh, we gotta get our friend Mr. Kastenbaum in a second. Yes. Have I, have I, have I made this, because I'm gonna do it again. I was, I did this thing the other day. I do this occasionally. I stood in the living room. 
and as though I was in like the like the well, uh, you know, like like I was like, like I was standing there on the Senate floor. I stood there and lectured my wife about something, not even lecturing her, but just making a big speech to her. I occasionally will do this thing where I'll make these big Mr. Smith goes to Washington speeches at my wife in the living room while she's trying to watch Gossip Girl. <laughs> and she's like, you know, baby, that's great. I'm trying to watch TV. And I'm like, no, no, no. Now is the time for this great nation to rise. And like, and then I realize it's going on and on. I made this thing the other day, and I swear to God, this is not going to be one of those things I say and don't do. I'm going to do that like this, like this week I'm going to do this. I don't know if it's going to be an essay or some sort of a web video or both. I'm just going to flat out demand that Google buy one of the car companies and start running it. That's it. I think you need to de- great. I mean, that's it. I, and I, you know, and so much so that as I as I think I once said, I would actually pledge to buy that car right now if I had to put down a down payment right now uh, and say, look, I will put money in, you know, like in escrow or whatever you call it. I'll put like money in a fund somewhere. I'll put it in an account. So for like a twenty-five, 000, I'll even say I'll even go thirty because I'm an early adopter. Thirty thousand dollar car made by Google, the car of tomorrow. I will make the down payment on that and commit to buy it today, right I, now. I think you could get some serious news coverage from that. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to demand. I'm going to ask Sergey Brin to do it because in my final statement on this is, you know, it's like the Kennedy thing. You know, let's take it as read that the that the computer industry has the best and the brightest. They hire just the cream of the nerds, right? And that and that you know, and that Google gets the cream of the cream at this point. If Google got, and you know, hackers and computer dudes and dorks, they live for this kind of stuff. They really do. To be told something can't be done. That's why they hack into the phone company systems, because they've been told it can't be done. They just want to see if they can do it. You're telling, the Google got all their nerds in a room, and they said, look, this is our chance. The future is here. It is time to build the car of tomorrow. You will have all the resources and money and soda you need. And, you know, that's it. We're going to provide the caffeine and rub downs once a week uh, from a massage, you know, from from like, from like a Swedish massage place down the street. Right. You got 10 years. Within 10 years, Google will have created the car of tomorrow. Go. I'm telling you right now, I would bet you 99.999% to be done. Done ahead of time and on schedule, you know, and uh, under budget. I, I, I'm in. I think that's great. So what I might actually do is I might actually just mock it up. I might get a bunch of people, sit them in a conference room somewhere, pretend that I'm like uh, the guy who runs Google, and just oh, do the yeah. speech and put it on put it online and be like, this is the plan. Like, do it. Go. And then, But I think at the end, though, you do, I think somewhere, probably at the end, maybe at the beginning and the end, you've got to have you know, your Frank Capper moment where you, where the camera just pans to you. And so to you, Google. Totally. I, hey, yeah. I'm just, okay, so there you go with Aaron Copeland music underneath. Yes, yes. All right. All right. Uh, are you on tomorrow? Yes. All right. We will talk to you then. Until then, may the good uh, news be yours, Lisa. And yours. All right. Thank you. There you go. Lisa, there's your name. Fantastic. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sir, madam, is the case, maybe. Good day, uh, Rick Emerson on KCMD Portland. Hello, sir. Um, yes, I'm calling in regards to Mart and the new Britney Spears uh, album. Yes. And um, I have purchased uh, CDs at the Walmart in the past. Mm-hmm. And they're not the actual same CD that you would buy at the Best Buy. They're an edited version. Yeah, well, I'm really yeah. wondering what Walmart's going to do with the new uh, have with the new Britney Spears uh, song. I'm not sure that title. they'll catch it because I have to tell you, I played it for a couple people, my wife, and I played it for Sarah, and uh, you know they're they're both they're both sharp sharp yeah, folks. I did not get it the first time. Neither of them caught it though because it is. It, it, it's very clever. The phrase I don't know what the, I don't know what the name for that is. There's got to be it's like a homonym or something. But it's basically it's it's the same set of syllables that it's, it's phonically the same. Yeah, when you pronounce this set of syllables, it could actually mean two entirely different things. It's it, right. you know it, again it's sort of like an Escher painting of a sentence. But but neither of them caught it. I had to point it out. Kind of like that thing when you're little when it's a like a um, you know you tell your friend to spell I cup 
And right. I see you pee. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Or like oh, the yeah. thing when you look at it and it's like, is it a white candlestick or two faces kissing? Mm-hmm. The, well, it's like I, that. Yeah. I played it for uh, some of the warehouse guys at my work. <laughs> I bet they love that. And they got it right away. Well, of because, course. Cause... You know, that, that's what it is. But, no, the uh, the Madonna movie uh, mm-hmm. that they had uh, that with the Susan and the Desperately and the such. Yeah. They'll redo, except with um, Britney. Ah, instead of Desperately the Seeking Amy. Susan, it's Desperately Seeking Amy. That is correct. All right, there you go. Thank you, that's sir. That's what I'm wondering. All, All right, right thanks. Bye now. Desperately Seeking Amy. That's what we'll call that song from now on, you know, for lack of anything better. Uh, we'll get the... We'll get another horrible story about cutting oneself while shaving in a moment. This, however, CNN radio correspondent from Manhattan, uh, Steve Kastenman. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, I, I hate to interrupt a horrible story about cutting yourself while shaving. Well, we can take it right now if you like. I'd like to hear All what right. happened. Hold on. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, who might this be? Hello? Paul? Paul? For the love of God. Paul? Criminy, Jehoshaphat. I killed this bit. Judah, way, way to go, Steve. You're big. You're a real momentum builder. Well, here's the thing. We got to wait for the delay, and probably he's probably put the phone down, and he's wandered off, and he's got the radio up, and as soon as the 40 second delay elapses, he will hear us conjuring him. And, and here's the thing. I'm going to tell you to start the story, and then probably as soon as you do, Paul go, hey, is this me? And then it'll be him. So uh, we'll just leave Paul potted up here. We'll see. Paul Pot. We'll uh, see what I did there. We'll see what uh, we'll see. I'm sorry I can't come to work. I'm all Paul Potted up here. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I just killed it, didn't I? Sorry. Yes, you that. did. Yeah, you yeah. did. I hope you're proud. I hope you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Nothing feels good like ruining somebody else's day. Um, all right. So, what am I talking about when I'm not quoting clerks? Um, okay. So Obama, Clinton, etc. Blah blah blah. So what is that? She's in, right? She has to be confirmed. But I mean. But yeah, is that even? But is that just a walk at this point? Is it formality? Pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Republicans will start asking questions about Bill Clinton's dealings and uh, his clients and friends in the Middle East. Right. So uh, I'm sure they're going to start, uh, you know, questioning that. Uh, one of the ways that uh, President-elect Obama is by naming a, a special envoy to the Middle East, mm-hmm. so that uh, you know she will have uh, somebody else who, whose primary task it'll be. To deal with the Middle East, uh, they've been talking about a former ambassador to both Egypt and Israel, uh, Kurtzer. Uh, so that's one thing they may do. But she's she's pretty much a lock as Secretary of State. It'll be a huge, huge surprise if they mount any sort of a uh, you know effort to stop her from becoming a Secretary of State. So they got to replace her in the Senate now, right? So the governor of New York has to pick a replacement. And uh, yesterday, yesterday, Hillary Clinton said, "Leaving the Senate is very difficult for me." So, you know, we thought it might be kind of difficult to replace her in the Senate. And I asked a couple of uh, poli-sci professors at different colleges and universities here in New York, and there seems to be a a differing opinion about that. Nobody uh, since uh, Bobby Kennedy in 1967 entered the Senate with a resume and with a celebrity and with political skills that she had. During her time in the Senate, she really has never been associated as the leader on uh, major issues. So either she was very powerful or wasn't powerful at all. <laughs> so I'm telling you this right now. First of all, um, there ought to be a little uh, a line of figurines or dolls or playthings for, like, like learning toys for girls, and the doll's name would be Polly Sci. Polly Sci. 
Poli sci. Never mind. It's funny in my head. That was good, actually. All right. Is any and is what is this bit? I by the way from CNN.com is where I'm getting this. Is this business of well, what about Bill Clinton joining the Senate? Is that just a thing they say just to just to have something to say and to irritate uh, my relatives? You know, I I think so because uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I was having some discussions about that with uh, some of my colleagues. And basically, you know, there, there's one or two guys writing op-ed pieces that say, hey, you should uh, make Bill Clinton do it. it. It hasn't been done since Andrew Jackson. Uh, what, was it Andrew Jackson? I think it was Andrew Jackson who was president and then became a, a senator after or a congressman. Uh, and uh, so he, he has no interest in becoming senator. In fact, he's, his name has not been mentioned by anybody that I have queried, and I've never seen his name mentioned in any political circles here in New York as a potential replacement for Hillary Clinton. It's a, it's, it's a dream. It's a pipe dream because it would make a good storyline. But uh, it, it's not going to happen. I mean, he's making too much money on, this, on the speaking circuit. And he's, he's known worldwide for the Clinton Global Initiative. I mean, the guy has received like a rock star every country he goes to for the things that his organization is doing in these developing nations. There's no way he's going to give up that notoriety to uh, to step back and become a senator after having been president. So this is like me. This is like when I uh, started that rumor that Steven Tyler was going to be the poet laureate for the United States. That's Correct. just a thing I'm saying because I want it to be true. Correct. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm yes. still pushing for that, by the way. It doesn't have any traction, but I'm I'm working at it. So there's all this speculation about who's the governor of New York going to uh, you know nominate uh, to, to who's he who's he going to pick to replace Hillary Clinton, and some folks are saying. Um, Mario Cuomo, the former governor, his son, the current Cuomo, who is our attorney general, uh, now he is seen as a potential uh, opponent in a Democratic primary for governor against Patterson. So there's a lot of speculation that will get him out of the way by appointing him New York's uh, junior senator. And Cuomo, as you know, was HUD secretary under Clinton, so he's got experience in D.C. But then there's all this other stuff going on about, uh, you know, we need some balance on the ticket here in New York. And they they need an upstate representative, or they need a Hispanic, or they need a woman. So a lot of these names that you guys probably never heard of are being tossed about. I'm just saying, for me, that really just the great lament in the whole thing is that Jesse Helms is not around to see Hillary Clinton become Secretary of State. You know what I mean? Just yes. Just I almost wish that I could resurrect him, sort of make him like a zombie Helms or something, just for like a day or so. Just you know, just just to sort of let him see everything. Just uh, you know, because because I'd probably give him a good Keisha Ajuda is what I'd give him. All right. Did you see Hillary Clinton yesterday during the announcement and how pained she looked? Hillary Clinton always looks either pained or uh, or like uh, as though she's plotting uh, to push you off of something high. Hmm. That's my thing. Like she always is either like she always looks either unhappy or like she's wondering exactly what size blunt object it would take to seize your brain function. I watched her and I thought that she looked like like Barack Obama had just given her a tongue lashing, you know, before they came out and, and announced it to the press. And basically he told her, here's the way it's going to be, and uh, I'm in charge. Right? Uh, well, you know, but here's the, here's the thing. It, you've got to know that it, 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 she can only cover it up for so many hours out of the day. The edit, it's my podium. My, I ought to be standing right there. Stupid Obama. I mean, you know, you, she probably does like a 22-hour-a-day job of keeping that uh, that thing down. But like a jack-o'-lantern, jack-o'-lantern, a jack-in-the-box, a, th- a jack thing. That probably comes out probably two hours a day. She can't really stop it. Where she's like, no, 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 I fully support President Obama. I should be president. Damn it. So and then she shoves it back down. Just my speculation, of course. It's All a possibility. Right. On that note, my friend, uh, we are going to skedaddle. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I'll be here. All right, we will talk to you then. Enjoy your day, sir. So long. Folks. There you go, Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, back after this, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. 
Uh, let's see. What else? Brittany Watch coming up. Religious Nutcase Watch. Double Joy of Christmas. Mr. Skin. Amanda Moyer and all that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. By the way, this email says, Rick, CNN reported on TV this morning, the executives, or uh, at least three different audio executives, are traveling by electric hybrid cars to the meeting. Signed, too little, too late, F them. Who can disagree? It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So there are several forms of misbehavior going on during this holiday season, and most of it seems so far to be centered in Clackamas County. Uh, one armed robber is uh, still on the loose. They did catch one after a chase through the clock early this morning around 2 a.m. Deputy spotted two suspects from a weekend robbery and began chasing them down. The pair abandoned their car and then took off on foot. Eventually, they found a guy and arrested him at 5.30 along Miley Road. It's the same spelling as Miley Cyrus. Miley Road near Wilsonville. He was uh, beat, uh, bitten by a canine and was shocked with a taser. <laughs> Excellent. So what uh, better way to begin the holiday? What was he charged with? What had he done? He ran away, and he's a robbery suspect. All right. Well, screw him. Uh, by the way, I would like to right now begin my uh, urging the KGW or K2 or probably K2. They seem to have a good sense of humor over there. I'm back on Sports Center. They used to do this like, you know, we have a shack attack in Hackensack. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, I would like to now urge K2 to begin referring to these stories as clack attacks. With then like a big, like, jagged font, like, clack attack. Mwah! And then, you know, like some sort of a, like a scary sort of string section underneath it. I'm just passing that along. Oh, speaking of other media, yesterday, weren't you picking on the newspaper for unjournalistic sentences? I was picking on the Oregonian because when they were talking about the bailout, the, the headline, and I think it was Saturday, the headline actually was, U.S. whips out checkbook again. Well, here's another one. Uh-huh. A developer today canned efforts to build a high-end residential lodge. Canned efforts. Canned efforts. Not stopped, ceased, halted. Canned. Yeah. But, but brought to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, canned. Canned right. efforts. Wouldn't it, the Oregon, no, it was KGW. As I, as I, and I think they are the usual suspects for this kind of thing. When the KGW had some story about, you know, the guy was horsing around and then stabbed somebody in the face. There was, some story there was another one during a movie shooting, and we made fun of it, and the guy called and said, please stop it. You're movie screw. That was where they said the, the bridge was going to be closed yeah. for a movie screw. Mm-hmm. That was KGW, who apparently have interns writing all their news at this point. But um, Because they get rid of all the adults. Only, yeah, only because robots can't type yet. Um, but so yeah, they had the movie screw, and then there was the... I don't know if it was KGW. There was some story about, like, some guy ended up getting beaten in the face with a chain or something or punched or whatever, eviscerated. And it said, it began when the two guys were horsing around, which is exact. That's exactly how, uh, you know, that's how William Randolph Hearst envisioned the newspapers being written. Mm-hmm. Here's Tim Riley. An elderly man crashes SUV into a sporting goods store, destroying merchandise and displays inside. This happened at the Big Five Sporting Goods Store on McLaughlin Boulevard. The SUV careened in the store an estimated 50 feet before coming to a stop. It destroyed all the merchandise in its path. It was like a war zone. 
or a sporting goods war zone, I guess. Linda Schoenberger, 57 of Canby, was shopping inside the store and uh, injured in the crash. She was uh, taken by ambulance. Apparently, he doesn't have life-threatening injuries. So this is an old fellow, uh, and he's 83. Is he saying the accelerator was stuck? It always is. It always is. All right. By the way, if I'm ever in some sort of an auto accident, I mean, apart from hitting a BMW, um, I want to careen because it sounds kind of or fun. Or having your door ripped off because or you have... put your car in reverse. And Thank you. Check. Thanks so much. Yes, that. Um, I wish I'd kept photos of that. I think I took some photos and then lost them. I wish I'd kept photos of that I, day. I'm that sure I... some listener, you know, kept them. Oh, probably. That was right there on the street, too. Uh, right across from the, uh, the swing club. No, I because careening into something almost sounds fun. Doesn't careening sounds like a th- sound like a thing you do around a skating rink? You know, <laughs> no. come, come with me, Mary. Let us careen in circles on the skating floor, and then we will adjourn for cider. Careening sounds like a thing you would do, like like a sort of madcap, head over heels kind of, you know, you know, you're like careening a thing. for someone. Exactly. No, like you would have hand in hand on roller skates, like Olivia Newton-John style, and then you would sort of be careening around the rink, hopelessly in love. You know, but in this case, into a sporting goods store. Whatever. Here's Tim Riley. Anti-tax activist Bill Sizemore will get out of jail today. He was ordered to go to jail yesterday. And, uh, well, he's always in trouble. So he'll be out this afternoon to continue his life of crime. What is the point of that? He went to jail. I mean, I understand if it's Lindsay Lohan or something, but he went to jail yesterday. He's out today. Mm-hmm. What is the lesson that you're supposed to learn from that? I don't know. Exactly. What moral is there to be derived from that story? Well, we don't know what happened in that jail cell. Maybe you learned something. That's true, Tim. There might be a forceful lesson taught in the international language. Yes. All right. Uh, and so forth. Here's Tim Riley. Do you know you can't uh, bring dogs into the state house anymore? You used to be able to. The state house here? Yes. The Oregon uh, State Capitol in Salem? Ruins my weekend fun. They used to have dogs wandering around. It wasn't a problem. Taxpayers recently spent $34 million to renovate and refurbish the Capitol's office wing. So they don't want pets ruining the place. So no more pets. No more... There used to be uh, dogs on couches and carpets. Just sort of ha- not unlike here. Right. Uh, here, like at any given moment, there's about five different dogs. I mean, really, just any, it had nothing to do with it. It's not like take your dog to work there. It had nothing to do with anything. At any given moment here at CBS Radio, there are about four different dogs roaming the hallways. And generally, furniture and radio stations is ruined anyway. That's so. the thing. It's like it's a carpet. It's, the carpet's ass to begin with. So, I mean, oh, boy, speaking of the carpet ruining, though, let me just say this. So, I was... Um, <clears throat> Pardon me. I was up kind of late last night. I was like doing some stuff and then trying to you know, finishing the, uh, the the Dexter and washing away the grime of the day with an exciting romp through serial killing land. And so I'm sitting there and do you ever you know you ever get the thing where your dog has a bad dream and you know yes. where the dog has a certain and, and you hate to say this but it's kind of cute. Like when your dog is having a nightmare, it's almost like a, it's it's almost like on Futurama when Nibbler does anything that's adorable. When your dog has a bad dream. You, I mean, you, you know, you want to go wake him up and make sure, you know, let him everything okay. But you almost don't want to stop it because it's so adorable. You know, it's sort of like a... And you're like, oh, isn't it adorable? He's being terrified by something. And so you almost hate to interrupt it. So, <clears throat> Lara had told me, she's like, yeah, Philo's been having... Like, the last night, you know, he, Philo had, like, a real bad dream, and he's kind of freaking out. So, you know, just, uh, you know, I let him, you know, I woke him up and, you know, made sure he was calmed down. And I said, okay. So I'm sitting there, and, you know, Max is doing whatever, and the, the Philo's over on the other sofa, which has become, like, his domain. And... I'm watching Dexter, and I hear this like, and I look over, and Philo, eyes closed, kind of doing, making the, you know, bad dream sound. I'm like, that's pretty cute. Well, I guess I should stop it. So I go over, and I go and I pick, you know, and he, he's kind of, he's kind of heavy, uh, heavy dog already. And he's, you know, he's real tall. He's long. Um, he's like a gazelle. And so I pick him up to wake him up, and he's kind of doing the, and I go to pick him up, just hurls all over everything. Oh, no. <laughs> 
I don't think it was a bad dream. I think he was asleep and then became sick to his stomach while asleep. Ah. And his body was kind of trying to hold it back. Didn't quite work. Held it back just long enough for me to pick him up. Hey, Philo has it. Ah! You know, and then it's just, just like projection vomit everywhere. That happened with me and Muppet. Um, my oh. mom came down to grab me on Friday because I had him in my lap for three hours, and I was just messing with him the entire time, you know, like bouncing around, moving him around. Sloshing him around real good. Sloshing him around, and like we were about, you know, ten minutes away from Bremerton, oh, and God. I finally stopped moving, and all of a sudden he starts making this weird, like, yeah, totally. I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, he just threw the up. The Vesuvius noise. Yeah, and I, and so, I mean, I hate to be gross about this, but I, but early, early in the evening, we'd run out of paper towels at home. So then it's the whole thing of like, all right, I'm going to pick this up. I mean, I don't have like a wet, dry shop back handy. So it's like I could use regular towels and then, but it's that thing. Do you ever like in your house, some item of clothing or laundry that you're always running out of? Always. Sometimes it's like undershirt or like not white socks, but black socks. You know, that was my thing for a long time. Where and I, you know, I know the comedians always like, well, where do the socks go? But I mean, not just one sock. Like all my black socks would be gone. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been done this too, where you're actually, you are so irritated and confused by the fact that a certain clothing item is gone that it then becomes an OCD thing, where you go through every single item of clothing. You're like, that's it. Did you it. find your mugs yesterday? No, thanks. <laughs> thanks for bringing up such a painful thing. No, no, I didn't. But you'll sit and go through every item of clothing, and it's sort of like. In Shawshank, when somebody has the shiv and you don't know who, and it's like, okay, we're going to strip search cell by cell till we find it. And you'll go through But anyway, so I couldn't find any towels last time because they were just gone for some reason. Like the great gazoo came and took them away. So what am I – I hate to talk about What am I picking up vomit with? Just toilet paper. Gross. Yes, it is. Yes, it's disgusting because it turns into cement, vomit-flavored cement in your hand. Just disgusting. So, And then at a certain point, though, it was on – fortunately, it was on the carpet. It was on like an area rug of ours. So at a certain point, I just gave up. I gave, I rolled up the rug, and I stuck it in the outside hallway, and I left a note, you know, for Lara. Philo vomited on rug. We'll need to be cleaned. Or, <laughs> good night. You know, whatever. So, anyway. I'm sure a, that's always appreciated. Yeah, that was really sweet. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, here's Tim Riley. So, anyway, uh, they took away this eight-year-old Calamath Falls girl, put her in protective custody. After it was discovered, she was left alone in the car when her mother went into a bar and drank. Kimberly Shirlene Harris has been jailed on accusations of child neglect and reckless endangerment. They say Harris had been, well, uh, tipping the glass to a point where she eventually got cut off at a local watering hole. A lounge employee and another patron followed her to the parked uh, parking lot where they managed to get the keys to her car. That's when someone discovered there was a girl in the back seat covered in a blanket. She'd been there for about three hours. Uh, how old is the girl? Eight. Mother of the year. Well done. Jesus. And you know her friend's kind of Kimmy. Mm-hmm. All right. A national magazine is ranked Portland International Airport, one of the healthiest in the nation. Yeah. Number nine out of all the airports across the U.S. Some of the factors considered include the number of paved bike and walking paths that connect nearby hotels and businesses to the airport. Is I didn't that know true? They were there. First time I've heard of it. Where are these paths? That place is just like a, the road that goes to the airport is just like a, that's a that's an autobahn, man. That's yeah. just death waiting to happen. Oh yeah. You can it, bicycle to the airport? You can, actually, because I actually took a friend to the airport last week, um, actually the comedian to the airport, and um, there are these back roads in Northeast that just shoot you right onto Airport Way, and you're there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. like right near, like, going. And there must be, like, back roads from the airport to, like, that Sheraton. Yeah, because it's, like, it's, like, all neighborhoods, 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 and then you get to that intersection, and that's where Airport Way is. So, I mean, it's, it's feasible to be able to ride your bike. Hey, you know, do you suppose there's any uh, credence for that uh, they claim that there are cops that pull people over on the way to the airport? Because, you know, when you get off a 205 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, speed checked by radar, and at 25 miles an hour, which no one follows. No one ever, 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 ever 
follows it. Everybody speeds on the way to the airport. And then I always wonder, like, if that's a thing. If, don't you suspect that a certain amount of those radar signs or, you know, the, the, the red light camera signs, that they're just sort of like people who put up a beware of dog thing when there is no dog? Mm-hmm. You know, or you just buy the alarm sticker for your window. Protected by, and there's really no protection of anything. Also this, <coughs> if you're going to the airport, uh, like uh, this week, because I think the construction is supposed to go on, if you park in the garage, in that part, the short-term parking, whatever, you know, the, like the parking garage, you go pick somebody up, you park there, and then you get in that elevator and go down to that tunnel terminal, the tunnel, or, the, you know, the basement tunnel that takes you to the airport, be advised that that's closed, but they don't actually tell you that until you get down there. <laughs> so you get on the elevator, you get off uh, down in the basement, we're supposed to take it to the tunnel to the terminal, and you're like spinal tap beneath Cincinnati. It's closed, and then you can never figure out where the hell you're supposed to go. So just like FYI. From, I always park in the economy lot anyway. I'm, I'm always in Z. It takes me like an extra hour to get home. Did I tell you the last time I accidentally parked in the premium lot? No. No, the last time I traveled, I think it was to Utah. Mm-hmm. I think I went to Utah, and then I because I, Lara went there, and I, I went... You know, she went early and she stayed late because I can only take so many days there that, that you know, I want to kill myself. So I, uh, so she went to Utah. I went like two days later and I came back two days earlier. So I had to go to the airport by myself. And, you know, I have no sense of direction. Like, that's my whole thing with the GPS. Mm. To plug it in and it gets me wherever I need to go. I'm getting mine today. Really? Yes. It's going to be the best thing you ever bought, I know, really. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's fa- you, you'll want to you'll put things in that are like 100 miles away and just drive there because you can. That's why I can't wait for Richie's party. I'll get to drive to the Couve and home. You'll get to drive to the Couve and home. Yeah, no one ever says Oh, yeah, that. Richie's thing is in like a week and a half. I yes. get to have a proctology exam. So I'm going to find the address and set it tonight and be ready. That it is really what, because <laughs> the alternative is to go, I'm not to knock MapQuest, because for years, you know what MapQuest is? MapQuest is like, um, Map, MapQuest is like some some weird, slow, press the refresh button to see the updates text-based chat room from 1998 that we all got by with because there wasn't like an instant talk thing or, you know, like there wasn't like instant messenger, you know, whatever that, you know, there, like you could like there wasn't cell phone texting or something. Mm-hmm. So like you had to use the like type your comment, press refresh to see your comments appear. Or was like, everything was like a message board. There were no chat rooms. That's what MapQuest is sort of like. You type everything in and then you hit print and. You know, and then maybe it prints, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's correct, maybe it's not. Then the second page is always a useless map. That's the other one. No, and why don't they offer some sort of a, like, would you like to print this without all this crap? Exactly. They they never do that. That option is never available to you. So, and then you got, and don't you think, by the way, the the very first thing they say should be, do you want reverse instructions? Rather than having to, like, find it, because it's in, like, this tiny little link at the bottom. Uh, So the GPS is great, but, um, what was my point? Airport. GPS. Parking. Parking. Oh, yeah. So without Lara, I have no... Thank you, sir. So without uh, Lara, I have no idea where I'm going. So I go to the airport, and there's only two lanes. There's one that says long-term, one that says, you know, long-term economy. It, you know, and it, so, like, how can you screw that up? Well, you're me, and so you just pick the wrong one. And so I'm, I'm like, well, that's I found a space almost immediately. That's amazing. Why, there's a bus already here. Why, this bus has plush seats. Why, it's heated. This is wonderful. I'm only 15 feet from the terminal. That's great. You know, and then I didn't really realize why. Here's a little tip-off, by the way. The uh, the premium long-term parking, it's not red or blue. It's green. And that's their way of telling you that when you uh, check out... Why is that better parking? It, because, it, you, because you, A, the buses come every, like, four minutes. Because, you know, that long-term economy, you got to wait, like, 20 minutes for a bus sometimes. You're sitting here looking at your watch going, I'm going to miss the flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's like, and the bus takes forever because it's got to go, like, you know, they pick you up at, like, Z. Yes. And then, you know, usually next stop. P, and then they stop and they wait there for two minutes for people that will never arrive. And then, you know, it takes like an hour. The, the, the long-term premium, though, 
Mm-hmm. You can leave your car there forever, but literally, it's like you get on the bus and you are at the terminal, terminal like two minutes later. Done. You know, Done. Sometimes I, I think those cars are permanently parked there. I mean, there are cars everywhere. Yeah. Anytime I ride on that thing, no matter what time of the day, I'm usually the only person riding on it. No, I was one of the only people on the on the premium bus because, because again, because the bus color is green, mm. and you don't really realize why that is until you're paying the ticket at the end, and I always pay that automated kiosk inside. Mm. And I swear to God, it was like three times what it cost at the economy lot. Because the economy lot's like nine bucks a day or something. Eight. Eight. Yeah, this one's something like $24 a day. So, I mean, I don't know that I'd do it again, but having accidentally purchased premium parking at the airport, it was pretty sweet. i got to say, there was, a, there was something to be said for that. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh-oh. Apparently, there's some racy snowboards out there that are causing problems for some parents. Uh, what kind of snowboards are these? Well, they're not X-rated, but the picture's on them. They're not obscene. Uh, some parents don't want their children to see these scantily clad models and severed fingers pictured on Loveline boards. Do the models have severed fingers? No, it's separately. You get you get choice of a that's uh, your a, choice. A buxom model or a severed finger. Doesn't that really tell you everything you need to know about teenage boys? Mm-hmm. That is teenage boys in a microcosm right there. Uh, I want to snowboard with either boobs or severed fingers. I mean, whichever. Uh, the Ben Bulletin reports that parents said they're concerned about exposing their children to photos before it's necessary. These uh, Loveline snowboards sell for $430 each. And, uh, oh, the ones that include uh, pictures of amputated fingers are only 350 <laughs> So if you want uh, if you want boobs, it's 430 Severed fingers, 350 It sounds It sounds like you're in some horrible, like, Tijuana whorehouse. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you want boobs? You want donkey? You want severed fingers? What do you want? All right. Who wants amyl nitrate? Uh... Oh, but okay. So, was it on the air or was it off the air yesterday? We were talking about there's a sale at a dollar store. It was on the air. Rick, my because the guy saying they went to lunch and there was a quote a big sale at the dollar store, and I was like, what? How could that be? Like, what? What does that mean? There's a big sale at the dollar. Everything's a dollar. Uh, he says my coworker told me you addressed my email about the dollar store having a sale. and Wanted you to call them. Uh, it was the and then he gives the uh, the name of the the number of the store. Um, all right. So we. Is it interesting to call the dollar store and find out what a big sale means? Yes. All right. Uh, Richie, I'm going to forward this to you. Will you call the store, let them know that we're not some jackass morning show, we're not going to be mean. I'm just curious as to what, I'm curious as to what a big sale at a dollar store, like what does that entail exactly? All right, we're going we're gonna to look into that. By the way, speaking of news, Rick, a week ago I emailed one of the local TV stations about their misuse of the word dominated and a story about a murder that occurred. And the anchor said, quote, the case was handed over to murder detectives. About murder detectives, Rick, I asked why they didn't say homicide detectives instead. They replied and stated they tried to write conversationally and, wait for it, none of them at this local news outlet, quote, had ever heard the phrase homicide detectives as a description for police officers who investigate murders. Murder detective? Isn't this like Market 23? It really is, Tim. It is. Something that that people scratch their way up to and and try to step on everyone in their way to get here? Scratching their way right out of a community college, apparently, where they have graduated barely. Um, It should be noted, wire fans in the house will know that it is, and Delane would know this actually probably, it is it is particular to Baltimore or Balmer, Maryland. It is a particular language tick in Baltimore that cops there, homicide detectives, do refer to themselves as murder police. But here's the thing, friend, you're working at a news station in K2. You're not cool. You're not on the wire. You're not on homicide. 
You're not David Simon. This is a market of like two million people, if not more. Seriously. I mean, so let's, can we all just at least pretend that we know how to use the English language with something approaching a degree of formality? For the love of Jehoshaphat. Uh, all right. Uh, my email's acting a little persnickety, but... Uh, Why is that? I don't know. Richie, I'm going to paste this into the into your uh, call screen window so you can see what I'm talking about. Let's try to get this dollar place on the... Uh, wait, hold on. Let me see if I can get this stuff. There we go. Richie, I put that information on your screen. All right, here's Tim Riley. The former Washington uh, Mutual Bank, WAMU, will lose about 21% of its workforce now. Woo-hoo! J.P. Morgan, no, J.P. Chase, which is what it's called now after all kinds of mergers... Uh, says they will slash 9,200 jobs. Someone needs to call the merger police. Isn't that horrible? That's like three jokes inside ten seconds there. No one laughed at any of them. That's fine. Uh, here's... What? What are we doing? A, a uh, Joy of Christmas. Here you go. Here's the Rick Emerson Show's Joy of Christmas for Tuesday. Ah, <laughs> uh, children. All right, it's Tim Riley. Christmas shoppers at the Clackamas Town Center are very upset today. They okay. thought it was just a peaceful morning of shopping. Didn't turn out that way. Apparently, a dad was taking his mentally ill son to a secure facility when the son broke away and bolted into Clackamas Town Center at 10.18 this morning. The son soon encountered a sheriff's deputy on patrol at the center. After a brief confrontation, the deputy used a taser to subdue the... Uh, the young man in the lower level of Chili's, next to the mall's food court. What is the now? What is the nature of his mental disability? He is uh, bipolar. How old is he? Does it say how old the kid is? Just a minute here. It does not. All right, because I mean, I it get a bipolar man, so he's an adult. I, now I, I don't know a whole lot about a whole lot. I thought that now I didn't think that being bipolar was. Yeah, this is like I didn't that think that was like crazy time. Yeah, this is like, like I guess if you're not taking your pills. Uh, maybe. I mean, this is like that time I was making fun of schizophrenia, and the guy's like, "Yeah, my daughter's schizophrenic. Thanks, jerk." Um, but I, I thought that to be bipolar, I'm not trying to diminish the impact of that illness on people who have it, but I thought that was manageable. In other words, it's like you, you know your surroundings. It's not like you're bonkers and seeing dragons everywhere. Mm. I think that's a thing where you're either like you either got the blues so bad or everything's the best. Um, so I'm just speculating, of course. So, well, the report says he became engaged with a deputy who ended up tasing him. That's weird. Mm-hmm. All right, well, in any event, so, so, but of course it's a clackamist, because everything is. Part two. A mall Santa is robbed at night point. A man who plays Santa Claus and operates a holiday toy train at a mall in uh, Pennsylvania was attacked when leaving the building. Matt McDonald told police he was held at night point. Wow, this guy's only 23 and playing Santa Claus. Uh, playing Santa, not the, he's not the real one. He's playing Santa. Matt McDonald told police he was held at night point shortly before 10 with a man who stole two bank deposit bags containing $700 in cash from that day's train rides. He didn't even see him coming. He was on my right, and he demanded the money already grabbed onto the money, and I was holding it, says Santa. So they robbed Santa for how much? $700. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, you know, the next thing is going to be Santa. I guarantee you this. If this keeps up... In any one of the rougher cities in our fine uh, country, you're going to hear about some Santa who, unbeknownst to everybody, is packing heat underneath that suit. Some guy's going to try to, like, come and steal that change bucket, and Santa's going to unload uh, right in his face with that gun. So Santa's going to put, like, three right in the middle of his of his forehead. And then there's going to be... And then you're going to see uh, the thing on the news of Santa being cuffed and stuffed in the back of a squad car, and children everywhere are going to be traumatized. So, and I shouldn't giggle while I'm talking about it. I'm just saying it's inevitable. Look, people keep robbing Santa, who is, after all, some guy trying to make a living, right? 
It's like that guy, even the surly belligerent Santa Tim who wouldn't put on his beard for you. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy's trying to make a little money. Some uh, jackass is going to steal that money from you. Santa's going to fight back at some point. Uh, so Santa's going to shoot somebody. He, Santa will have to be tased. I'm surprised we haven't seen this already, actually. Like some drunken Santa that has to be tased by the cops. We can only hope. I do hope. I mean, it's only December 2nd. we got a whole month for this to happen. You know where Santa is tased? Or maybe, ooh, what if Santa was attacked by the canine unit? Like, what if they had to put the dogs on his ass? You know, like sort of Pulp Fiction style. The uh, We'll find out what he knows. You know, and, and then it's all, and then KGW is there to say, Santa was horsing around. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm just saying, is that the end of the... Uh... Oh, no, we got more. Oh, that's wonderful. Nassau County, New York police are rebuffing some criticism of the department following the, the uh, Black Friday stampede at the Walmart. The medical examiner had determined 34-year-old Jadamie Damore died from asphyxiation after being trampled to death. County Police Commissioner Lawrence Murphy says police and uh, Walmart officials uh, talked about security and how it could become deadly just days before that. The message was clearly portrayed uh, to all of those parties that these kinds of events fall within the purview of their security and they need to plan, organize, and police it uh, properly. Well, live and learn, I guess. That sounds like a guy who's desperately trying not to say the wrong thing on camera mm -hmm. uh, because he knows that uh, this could either be his uh, ticket to a good job or his ticket back to, like, Akron. Uh, let's do, uh, is that the end of the, uh, do no, we still have more? more? Are you kidding me? It never ends. I haven't I mean, visited Florida yet. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Really? Yes. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy. I just, oh, thanks so much. All right. A West Florida man who lives with his parents has been arrested on a felony assault charge after he used a Christmas tree as a weapon to attack his father. <laughs> The Manatee County Sheriff's Office reports 37-year-old Thomas Edward Lackey has been arrested after he threw a three-foot Christmas tree at his father. The tree missed, but Lackey then tried to uh, use the steel base from the tree to hit his father again. The father and mother were able to grab Lackey's arms to prevent the attack. The tree could have caused more serious injury because the metal base weighs five pounds. And the charges for felony assault. He denies the charges. You might call this story, Oh, Holy Fight! Yes, you might. There's your joy of Christmas. Take a break. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Bye-bye. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't forget, one random on-air caller today. Boy, my microphone sounds fantastic. One random on-air caller today wins a run of engagement pass to Rock and Rolla. Uh, that is the new Guy Ritchie film. You heard the endless copy points earlier on. They're, they're still the same. So there you go. That's uh, one random caller. Oh, later on we'll do more transvestite trivia uh, for a shot at a pair of tickets to see Richie Bristol's drag show happening uh, December 13th at North Bank. Uh, Rochelle Crystal and the Lips Cabaret. Uh, more news in a moment. This is whoever this is. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, guys. Hey. I got a question for Sarah. Mm. Yes. Uh, did you get those uh, shirts I dropped off for you on Thanksgiving? Did you drop off the Sex in the City shirts? Yeah. Is this Matt? Yep. Thank you so much. Those are ridiculous. It, I he dropped me off here. I'll show them. Are these like uh, promotional shirts from the film? Let's see. They were Hold a shipment to our store. Wow! Look at that. <laughs> oh. That's like a glittery sort of spangly Sex in the I City shirt. I know it's awesome. I guess yeah. He sent me a note with it saying that um, what's this, you accidentally got these boxes in, along with your usual freight. Oh, yeah, no return address or anything, so hey, you know. Well, there you go. Boxes of Sex in the City t-shirts. Okay, well, excellent. Well done. Thank, well, thank you, you for thinking of me. Right. Thank you for sharing the well. All right, that's great. You can wear those walking up and down Hawthorne. <laughs> oh, it's true. I'll be the envy. Mm. But uh, can I end? <laughs> well, never mind. I was going to say, you know what I've still got upstairs that I never got rid of? is all of these promotional shirts for that Chuck Palahniuk movie, Choke. Mm-hmm. 
Because they're all like crude and horrible. They're all. Ooh, I want one of those. Uh, you can have all. You, you know what? I got a whole box full of Chuck Palahniuk choke movie stuff upstairs. We used to have a box of pornography too. I don't know what happened to that. Oh, I still got that. Okay. Um, I gave. You know, but here's the thing: is little by little, like as friends, like have bachelor bachelorette parties. I was just like, hey, do you need stuff? I got stuff. Hold on. Sexy dice. I got the handcuffs. What do you need? Um. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff in there that movie. I just saw so many pairs of sexy dice and like yeah. all kinds of random crap like in my closet. No, you can have all that stuff upstairs. I never it just sits there and I'm just gonna throw it out eventually. Okay. So I really regret that I got rid of that Fred Claus shirt though. Remember the Fred Claus shirt that had like the weird faded airbrushing of Vince Vaughn, but then it had like a weird strange Oh, is it... oh sorry. Oh wow. Sorry. Did you just knock out a light? No. Look at all the dust. But I was giving you a present. Oh no, thank you. Sarah just threw the Christmas tree. <laughs> well, you should you need to angle that back down. It looks like it's not. No, no, no. Back toward toward me. There you go, like that. Okay, there you go. Okay. Otherwise, it's gonna throw I me off. Not be crazy. Enough. Um, this, I was okay. To give you a present. No, no, no. It's great. No, and I do appreciate it because I gotta tell. I gotta uh, show this to Paddock because I was um, I was telling Paddock I'm like, and then we got I these weird Fred Claus shirts because they. This one doesn't feel. It doesn't feel as weird as I remember. But it remember it's like. Has no, that, it's really soft. Is that strange? I told him it was like cotton that had been sprayed with some kind of oil. It's kind of what it feels like. Let me feel it. It's made. It's like it's made of baby alpaca. Yeah, right. this is not a. No- it does feel like oil. Yes, it does. Hmm. All right. So is that Do you have to wear office? that. Uh, yeah, that's totally good. I'm never getting rid of this. I'm keeping this forever. Nothing in your office ever moves. No, and can I tell you that uh, it's like months at a time before I go in, and every time it's like it's like I never left there's here. There's more bacon things. Susan's like office changes. is the same way. Just piles and piles. Because you mean to get to it, and then you don't. Mm. I got to tell you, my basement. I actually have one whole huge box that is nothing but radio shirts, like shirts that I've gotten at radio stations. And at a certain point, I quit keeping them because I had like a thousand. Um, so, all right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So, Patrick Swayze is getting mad because apparently some tabloid says he's near death. And I read the stories myself and couldn't believe it. Because when I was at the movies, they were promoting his uh, TV show on TNT, showing him going to work and being just fine. He, he has a pancreatic cancer. He is angry about the tabloid reports that he is near death. He's 56 years old. He said he's home with his family for the holidays after finishing work on the television series The Beast. The only thorn on my side being that many tabloids have been consistently reporting lies and false information about me. They're reporting that I'm on my last legs. I'm saying goodbye to a tearful family, which does, he is not. Doesn't he have tearful? Doesn't, tearful. doesn't he have terminal cancer? He has a pancreatic cancer. Is that terminal? I'm not sure. But he, right. he's working. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, the National Enquirer. We'll have to ask about this when we talk to the. I think, they, I think it is this new Enquirer that has, like, you know, Patrick Swayze says goodbye. Um, it says his cancer has spread to his liver. The Globe, another tabloid, placed the actor's photo on its cover with the headline Swazi Deathbed Secret. Liver. I barely knew her. Swazi? Swazi. 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 Uh, okay. Uh, Hansel. That is right next to, by the way, I've already been told by my wife that I have to buy the new um, Enquirer because it's got a big story about Oprah. Um, I secretly want to buy the new Us Weekly just so I can read the story about Heidi and Spencer eloping. I don't know. And I want to punish myself for that. But they're like a reality show couple. Why are you buying that? I didn't buy it. But why do you want to buy it? What are they going to tell you in Us Weekly? Here's Here's the thing. But don't you feel like the difference between the Enquirer and to a lesser extent, you know, some of the other tabloids, but the difference between the Inquirer, which is the gold standard, and like Us Weekly, I mean, the Inquirer is what everybody claims. In other words, everybody's like, you won't believe the shocking revelations we have about some guy, uh, you know, or with some celebrity. Mm-hmm. But it's never, ever, ever, ever true. It's always just talking points and the same garbage you read on Perez Hilton, but probably not even that, because it's not even that edgy. Like in Us Weekly, it's just the same garbage you read, uh, you know, like in Entertainment Weekly. That has just been recycled. The Inquirer really does give you the whole, like, 
you know, they give you the scoop. Like, and here's a picture of John Edwards' love baby. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll give you the, the scoop. And they uh, hold out on you, too. Like, it's not leaked out or anything. Like, you have to yeah. wait to see it in the magazine. Yeah, like, Us Weekly and Entertainment Weekly, though, it's just the same bland talking points, you know? You won't believe Brad Pitt's secret. And his, his secret is that, like, I don't like the paparazzi very much. And there you go. That's it. So, uh, yeah, don't you want to buy that? No, but I know I'm not going to. I'm not. It was a moment of weakness. It just looked really good, and plus that show is just so mm-hmm. terribly addictive. It makes you dumb. It does make you dumb, but I cannot watch it. You know what? I'm going to go home this afternoon and watch it. I'm I don't care. I'm going to go home with Dexter. Right, exactly. Here's... You're going to play video games. I'm going to watch a stupid reality show. That's right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, I'm going to keep reading news. Former child actor Gary Coleman is pleading no contest to reckless driving and disorderly conduct in Payson, Utah. The former different stroke star is accused of attempting to hit Colt Rushton outside a bowling alley. That sounds like a drink. Or or like a bad 70s porn star. It does. Uh, like a sub-John Holmes kind of a guy. With too much chest hair. Yeah. Uh, outside a bowling alley in September as Rushton tried to take his picture. And a hearing in Peyton today, Coleman accused the plaintiff of trying to take advantage of his celebrity status. One thing I hate about being a celebrity is people listen with their mouths and hear with their eyes. Uh, I, I think that we've effectively said that I am not going to tolerate it. And I'm not going to put up with it. And you're not going to get it in my pocket. No, it's just not going to happen. That guy is just badass crazy. Yeah. You can just tell. Oh. What does it mean to hear with your mouth? I don't know. <laughs> He's the one who was married to that big red-headed woman. Too, but they never had sex. They never had sex and they divorced after like two months because he was abusive. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing... No. <laughs> If you're hearing him with your mouth. One thing I hate about being a celebrity what? is people listen with their mouths and hear with their eyes. Uh, I, I think that we've effectively said that I am not going to tolerate it. And I'm not going to put up with it. And you're not going to get in my pocket. What does what that mean? No more listening with your ears. Is that like a... Listen with your mouth. Is that like a Confucius say? You know, is that... See with your ears? Wait, or no, no, no. with your eyes? He, no, you're, they're listening with their mouths. I'm going to start eating with my elbows, just so everybody knows. And hearing with your gonna, eyes. Exactly. I'm going to hear with my eyes. I'm going to eat with my elbows. And when I have to relieve myself, it's going to be with just a few hairs on the on the you know on the back of my uh, the back of my ear. All right. I, well, whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to spend any time. We could spend all day. That's just like a whole weird thing. All right. Well, in any event, so well, you know, his attorney, Dustin Lance. Dustin, they're all porn stars. <laughs> I'm Lance, Dustin Lance. Dustin Lance says they plan to pursue a civil case against Gary Coleman. The outstanding medical bills are just shy of $10,000. However, the conservative treatment, the physical therapy that he's been trying to do has failed, and he's been referred to an orthopedic surgeon. How much damage could Gary Coleman do to you that it causes you know, costs $10,000 to fix it? Little people are angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like if you summarize the entire little person in America experience of that one line, little people are angry. Just saying, they're, they're pretty powerful. And they're all waiters in Chinese restaurants, Sarah. All right, little people are angry, so, you know, beware. But they pack a mean punch, and they listen with their mouths. All right, here's Tim Riley. So, uh, Ford Motor Company... <laughs> is telling Congress that it plans to return to a pre-tax profit or break-even by 2011 when the Detroit uh, Big Three automakers appear before lawmakers to request $25 billion in government loans. So the Ford Motor Company is ready to offer up its final European brand in order to survive. They want to shed Volvo. Ford owns Volvo. Do you know that? They want to sell that. And it's the only decent car they make. Well, they also want Volvo. <laughs> Sorry. They also, uh, why, what did I say? Nothing. <laughs> Ford also bought Aston Martin in 
1987. Jaguar in 1989, and Land Rover eight years later. So they bought too many things. Ford CEO says he'll work for a dollar. And I guess it's negotiable. Ford CEO Alan Mulally says he'll work for a dollar a year if the company has to take any government loan money. Yeah, but, but Lisa was pointing out that that doesn't really mean anything. No, it because, mean because anything. like, yeah, their base compensation is very relatively very small. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about bonus. And, you know, not only their stock is doing a whole lot, but it's stock and it's bonuses. Mm-hmm. So... But then, and those are the guys that had told me, you know, it's like another the guy at Washington Mutual where it was like, you know, as everybody was being given the sack, it was like, and $40 million in bonus for you, sir. So there's that. Also, that pre, when they say that they will restore themselves, you can tell aim, how, how they're aiming just as low as possible. When Ford says, we will either break even. I mean, is really that counts as a success now? We're going to give you $25 billion so you can break even. Mm-hmm. You know, some companies are actually expected to make money. Some companies are expected to be, I know it's crazy. Certain companies are actually expected to finish the year with profit, especially if they sell an, uh, something that you know you can sell in America, you know, given the right sort of, uh, you know, given the right kind of product. So, anyway, so $25 billion so they can break even, or there's that little weasel word they use there when they say, or a pre-tax profit. And that actually goes to back to something we talked about last what, last two, two weeks ago, mm. where somebody said that they want to know exactly how many taxes these companies are paying, because you always hear... And I suspect, I suspect that it's largely true. You kind of hear that, well, you know, corporations don't really pay tax, but the average person pays more tax than the average corporation. So I wonder, I wonder if that is true. I wonder if that is still the case. The corporations don't pay much in the way of taxes, and the whole thing seems very weaselly. Really, is this true? Rishi's saying on the screen, guess what the big sale of the dollar store means? What? Everything is a dollar. <laughs> that is, is that? Richie, is that the way they phrased it to you, that the dollar store sale means everything is a dollar? What does it mean? What, what do they sell things for? When there's, what, what are they regularly? A dollar. So is the sign, like, is it a joke, do you suppose? Like, are they trying to be yes. kooky? Yes. All right. Well, like sort of the, uh, like a spatula city kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, by the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, how's it going? What's up? I want to tell you about a game that I acquired from a buddy of mine that you should pick up when you get a chance okay. have for Xbox. It's a Star Wars game, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. It takes place 10 years after the Return of the Jedi movie, and you're uh, like Luke Skywalker's apprentice, Jaden Core. You make your own lightsaber and all that. The game's friggin' wicked, though. You should check it out. All right. This isn't like the Force Unleashed thing. That's the Wii game, right? No, they got Force Unleashed for Xbox. But I mean, doesn't I, play, it... I played that game and beat it. But that hey, what that game took place? What was it between uh, the the new trilogy and the old trilogy? Well, I'll have to defer to you on the uh, on the canon timeline. But I the thing about the Force Unleashed wouldn't it kind of suck? I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my Xbox, but wouldn't it kind of suck on the Xbox? Because with the Wii, you know, it's got it's using that Wii Mote no, thing. That... No, that game's fun as hell. Okay, but you're saying that like it's, it's easy though. All right, so it, but I mean, it's not it's not an issue trying to use that Xbox controller for it. No, not at all. No. Not a, it plays just like any other game. All right. Well, that, I'd actually say pick up Force Unleashed, rent it, because you can beat it in the weekend. All right. That, see, that's my thing with Don't Left 4 Dead. Don't buy it, rent it. That was my, left, my deal with Left 4 Dead, because somebody was like, you know, you want to rent it first, because, all, because like, the campaigns are real short. Um, but then it turns out the online multiplayer is actually... I was, I mean, actually, everybody... It's weird that that game has got so much buzz, because everybody's asking me about it. And, and I've told the same thing to everybody. I think Mailman Chris actually said this, that he rented Left 4 Dead, but he's actually not going to buy it right now because he knows he would just, it would suck any and all remaining free time, like right, right onto the internet and it would be gone forever. It, it's kind of how that runs sometimes. Uh-huh. I, I've been playing that uh, 
that uh, Jedi Academy game now for for a few days, and mm-hmm. I've just like scratched the surface. So yeah. and it's been out for a long time, so you can get it for real cheap. I think my buddy picked it up like thirteen dollars in a game crazy or something. That's kind of why I'm fine, but it was it's a kickass. And that's really like I say that's kind of why <laughs> that's kind of why I'm glad that I don't play things like Grand Theft Auto because I know that's just like I mean man you, you might as well just San Andreas is a life sucker. Mm-hmm. I think I spent like ninety nine something weeks. Uh, that game is ridiculous. I mean yeah, you just tell your friends and family, like, look, you're going to see me next year. So uh, yeah, that's... basically. All right, thank yeah, you for the tip, sir. Have a good one. All right, thank you. Here's Tim Riley. A uh, GM auto worker named Pat has a few words for those who he says make just too much money. What do I say to that? I said, come down and try to do my job. I'd like to see somebody in a shirt and tie come do my job. Yeah. And that's always a way to keep your job is to is to, is to be interviewed by CNN and be like taunting the guy who runs the fat bastard. Come on down here. Yeah. All right. Uh, Senator Bob Corker will be uh, questioning the executives as a member of the Senate Banking Committee. Each of these companies are very different. They're in different circumstances. Probably one of these companies needs to go. If you just look at the trends and you look at market share, we probably have one too many companies. Corker is curious about the big three. Under public pressure, if you will, these companies now are willing to take some of the draconian steps that should have been taken a long time ago. I can't imagine any senator in the country voting to support companies that are paying their employees far higher wages than everyone else in the country. Is he done? He is. I couldn't quite tell there. Uh, Rick, let's see. This one says, uh, this this is somebody saying, uh, what is this about? My email is frozen here. Let's all take a moment and wait for this email page to load, shall we? Well, never mind. All right, so blah, 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 blah. So I guess that's today. They're there today, but the hearings aren't until three. I don't know. We're going to have to hear about it for, like, days to come anyway. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Rick, now that you've sucked four more minutes of our lives talking about video game crap, you need to offer some kind of real time, uh, or some sort of equal time, rather. And so I'm looking at this, and it looks like it's from a woman. So I don't know. So it's not, I don't know, Sarah will talk about well, I missed Gossip Girl last night, so I haven't. I haven't watched it yet either. Okay, okay there you go. So well, maybe we can both watch it today and then talk about it tomorrow. And so, well, and I'll All do, right. No, and I'll do that thing. I'll make a, you know, make sure that Lara watches it, and I'll have her boil her observations down to four bullet points, and then we can all. You know, and then I'll be the proxy, and it'll be like we've all watched it, and it'll be like I'm standing in for the casual viewer in the audience. Or you could just watch it. No, that's not going to. See, I just, but see. <laughs> It'll take away from your video game. Too. I don't think I could do that, right, because it's like a 90210 sort of a deal. Oh, no, it's no, really it's easy different. to get it. But, I mean, it's basically it's the really, same really show, mindless. right? It's really, really mindless. No, it's No, you don't have to. There's no commitment involved in Gotham. Really? Though. Yeah. So there's no continue. I thought it was like continuing You can, you can do arcs. three or four different things and not miss what's going on. You can find out. Like, it I don't, takes very little thought. Yeah, I don't even know the first season. I've only watched like three episodes, and I know all the characters' names. And like who's been with whom, you can tell, and like who's still in love with whom. And who's now, is there like, and I feel now a couple of things. It's dirty. Is there? See, I was going to say that's one of the things. Hold on, let's see. Dirty. Lots of dirty, rich sex. So, is this one of those shows though where the previously in Gossip Girl totally tells you everything you need to know? Yes. Because yes. you know Dexter's that way. If you miss an episode of Dexter, mm-hmm. for the most part, you can miss an episode of Dexter, and you get completely back at the speed. Like it's it's not. The learning curve on that show is pretty. I mean, it's not like watching a really in-depth procedural kind of show. Like maybe like Lost, I think it's harder to get back at or Battlestar or something. Those are really densely written shows. Dexter is just such pulp. Don't get me wrong, I love that show, but it's just such. It's you know what Dexter is? It's a fizzy program. Mm-hmm. It's like a fizzy drink of some kind. You drink it and you kind of that was really good, and then but you for completely forget about it until the next week. Like you don't really sit around and analyze. But what do you suppose? What is the symbolism what of is the, the island? Yeah, you don't. I mean, that's the thing. There's, there's no deeper thought required with Dexter. 
You know, it's just a lot of like uh, flamenco music and killing or whatever. You know, it's a thing. Um, but but so Gossip Girl is one of those shows that you could you could get up to speed on almost immediately. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I will tell you this. Like most people, like most guys, anyway. I didn't like. I didn't know what the different. I, I, there was the Hills, and there was Gossip Girl, and what's that stupid? What's the Kim? Is that Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Is that that show? Yes. Well, uh, the one with the Kardashian family, with the girl with the big yeah. Thing, but sure. Yeah. I see. I kind of thought I did. I couldn't tell any of them apart. I didn't know what was real, what was reality, what was what was a scripted show. Well, all of them pretend to be reality, like The Hills, for example. Like that's supposed to be reality, right, but it's, right. it's just a scripted piece of crap. You so know? the <laughs> scripted piece of crap. Um, the by the way, I should say that, that I'm addicted to. I, by the <laughs> way, I should say that not that we have any problem with the programming on the CW. We love. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's... And they look, got me... No, The Hills is on The Hills is on MTV. Oh, The Hills is scripted crap. Oh, yes. I was going to say, well, see, I don't really watch Gossip Girl, and I know that I know that as a person who uh, works part-time at the CW, I should profess to have more knowledge of it. I just don't. But I'm not their target audience. I will tell you this, though. Here's the one thing I really do know about Gossip Girl, is that like a lot of Americans... Blair and Chuck need to be together? No. See, I don't even know who that is. Uh, are Blair and Chuck a man and a woman? Yes. All right. See, I don't even... Like all Americans, though, I sort of became aware of Gossip Girl this last season when they were doing all those, like, racy billboards. The OMFG billboards where it's like the woman getting it put to her. It was a lot bigger on the East Coast. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... that I sort of... Those caught my eye. I mean, that was enough to actually get me to sort of stop and go, hey, now, what's this? So, all right. Well, in any event, uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Back to Calamity Falls we go, where just about everybody's a criminal. A fellow from there has been sentenced to more than 12 years in federal prison for robbing the Claymoya Casino in Chiloquin. Cody Joe Jonas was sentenced as a career <laughs> nothing offender. In this, nothing in this story sounds like it's written correctly. Cody Joe Jonas has been sentenced as a career offender, which increases the sentence from two or more convictions for violent felonies. Cody Joe. Is Cody 20, Joe! Is 29 you years get on old. in here! He has prior convictions for residential burglary, assault, and robbery. Of course he does. He brandished a firearm at casino employees before taking off with $80,000. And, like, and like, everybody else, like everyone else in Klamath Falls, they're caught within two minutes, <laughs> regardless of what they Seriously, do. Seriously, because they, they find them sitting at a video poker machine mm -hmm. somewhere. Damn it, Cody Joe, I told you to run more than a... You idiot! That is the greatest name I've ever heard. I told you to run more than a block, it. All right. I mean, seriously. Oh, Cody, Cody Joe. Joe. Cody and, Joe. And brandishing. Do you suppose Cody Joe could explain what brandishing really is? What does brandishing mean? And is that just well, it's using a gun in style. But I, that, but see, doesn't brandishing... It's better than pistol whipping. <laughs> That's what I tell people about this show. It's better than pistol whipping. Doesn't... <laughs> That'll be the next aligner. Doesn't... Just say Cody Joe again. You know you want to. Cody Joe! <laughs> Get your butt over here. Time for vittles! Uh, the, uh... You you're gonna miss it. You turn to cheer on the butter. But Did don't you get, get you get flow pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, come over here and slaughter some chickens. You save the neck. It's the best part. I have to do what Cody Joe looks like. But, uh, okay. I don't have a picture of Cody Joe. I'm sorry. But you can create a mental picture and it'll be accurate. You make I'm a picture in your head right now. Mitchell Bickford. It's gonna be completely accurate. Whatever your mental picture is. Um. So, but I mean, doesn't brandishing sound like it? Requires a sense of panache and style it that Co Cody Joe probably isn't able to, to, to conjure up. Well, nobody from Klamath Falls is capable of any type of style of <laughs> getting arrested I don't, two minutes after committing a crime. I don't think, I don't really think Cody Joe is able to brandish. I think he's able to point, mm -hmm. and I think he's able to grab. 
And I think that's probably it. Well, what's brandishing? Just like waving it around? See, but I don't really know. What is it? Brandishing, Tim pointed out. The brandishing. Careening around while brandishing. Branding. No, not branding. That's a different thing. He probably, Cody Joe probably does some of that too. Um, So, Cody Joe, hold the hindquarters. Brandishing, I think, is like pointing but like in a fancy kind of way. I thought brandishing was like pointing in a threatening way. Like if you're brandishing No, a gun. that's just threat. That's just pointing. How about how would you point a gun in a non-threatening way? What does that mean, pointing a gun in a threatening way? Well, in a friendly way. Is there something in the barrel of this gun? I no, I just need to check for me. You don't even know. You're mocking me, and I could be correct. <laughs> I mean, we could all be correct. Cody Joe could be correct, for all that matter. Oh, he wasn't correct this time. I don't... <laughs> it um, may have been some other time, but not I this don't time. really know. Here's what you know. Okay, would you like to know what I picture when I hear brandishing? I just picture waving around. See, yeah. but that, but that's silly. It's a fancy trick. <laughs> it is. I picture brandishing. It for me is like a, it's like a Doc Holiday thing where you point the gun, but then you're pointing the gun. Hold on a second. I'm now. not saying anything. Hold on, Cody Joe. Where you're pointing the gun, <laughs> like with your right hand, and then your left hand is held up in the air as though you're carrying a plate of food to deliver to a room after that's that. That's like jousting. But it's like striking a pose. Brandishing is like striking a stylish pose with a gun. Well, should we see what Merriam-Webster says that brandishing is? Fine, yeah. smarty. Yeah. Dictionary um, girl. Shake or wave a weapon menacingly. Ass in your face. Why? That's not... Does it say ass? In, in, it does. In, in your <laughs> face, <laughs> ass. No, Rick Emerson, in your face. Ass. Uh... Go shake this in his face ass. To exhibit in an ostentatious or aggressive manner. Ostentatious, though. That, see, but that's the thing. Ostentatious, which means to be elaborate or with style. It is an action word. We're no, all that's correct. The, that's the second definition. It's the a first secondary one is to definition. Shake or wave as a weapon menacingly. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, so you have to say I was right. You made fun of me. I'm sorry. Sarah and Cody Joe were right. I was wrong. <laughs> Cody Joe, go brandish this gun. Go, Joe. Uh, all right. Um, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Please don't be calling about guns. Hey, Rick. Hey, Tim. What's, what's up? Uh, now that the Shield's done and over with, uh, what do you have to do on Tuesdays? Uh, is this one of those things I'm going to say, I don't know, and then you're going to tell me? Uh, no. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, right now, I'm catching up on Dexter. i got like three episodes to, to go, and then I'll be caught up with everybody. And then you've got to watch an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Then i got to do that, and then i got to get caught up on 30 Rock. I finally decided I'm not waiting for Lara any longer. I just She's dragging her feet, and she's like, well, don't watch it without me. I like, I like it, too. She's dragging her feet on 30 Rock, so as soon as I'm caught up with Dexter, I'm going to get caught up on 30 Rock. That being said, as far as what stuff that's airing now, like currently airing programs, like I, even Sons of Anarchy, which is that new show on FX, I've missed that. Like, i got to watch the whole season of that. There's nothing currently airing new episodes right now that I'm all that excited about. Like, all in the same week, The Shield went out. The Shield had the series finale, Sons of Anarchy had the uh, right. uh, season finale, and uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia had yeah. the series finale. Uh, so, so was the series finale? Was that the one with the um, the Nightman cometh? Yes. God, I watched it. Was that one of the funniest things you've ever seen? That was it was brilliant. I uh-huh. mean, I, I just started watching as a Philadelphia, you know, this season. It's it's wonderful, God. It was it's just so well, trashy. It's God. It's so, horrible. Yeah, I watched the one before it yesterday, and then um, and I was feeling kind of dirty. I can't remember which one. Oh, when they were doing the um, the extreme home makeover. Oh, that one was really funny. I like where they go into there and he's blasting the like the heavy metal music. That ripping was, everybody out of their house. That was awful. So it felt kind of icky after watching that, but then watching The Nightman Cometh, I was laughing out loud. It was so funny. I will say that Battlestar is going to come back and finish the... Uh, they're going to get to their finale. The final ten episodes ever of Battlestar. That's going to start soon. So I got that coming up. But uh, I don't know. I mean, really, don't you think... I mean, there was a time when you could take, like... If you had had the technology, you could take one one week and get caught up on every single show on television. You know what I mean? Because there were yeah. three channels. Three channels on from 9 a.m. to, like... 
10, and then they were off the air. But now, here's an example, and I talk about this one a lot. I love South Park, but it's like it's on all the time, and they just churn that show up by, like, clockwork. There's probably dozens of South Parks, and I consider myself a big South Park fan. There's probably dozens of episodes I haven't seen just because there's not enough hours in the day and there's too much other stuff going on. So I could probably sit down right now and have three full seasons of South Park to get caught up on. Well, that's the brilliance it is, uh, America, 21st century, is there's Seriously. always something to watch on your fat American ass. No, that's the thing. Like, it's saying, like, there's nothing on. You know, when I was a kid, uh, really, and I hate to say this, when I was a boy and you'd say there was nothing on, uh, when I was a boy, saying there's nothing on, thank you, actually meant something. Because you know what? You might turn on the television and literally the networks were off the air. It was a black screen. It was snow. There was nothing. It was like in Poltergeist. You'd turn it on. <sighs> Nothing to watch unless the, you know, and the snow only interests you if you're an idiot. So you, do you remember a time when there was nothing on TV? Average farmer members. Yeah, exactly. So now that is no, that's no longer an excuse. So anyway, the, the, the short answer, sir, is I don't know. I'm going to finish Dexter, Thirty Rock, and then maybe Sons of Anarchy, which I've seen the first episode and I kind of like that. Sons of Anarchy was really good. Yeah, I uh, like I'm that. a big fan of Ron Perlman, so I might watch that. And uh, what do you think happened to Vic Mackey after he took off uh, out of the office? Do you think he was going home or he was going to do his own thing? I A lot of people said, is he going to go like break Ronnie out? Is he going to go find his family? I think at the end of it all, I think the reason that they, they had that tight close-up um, on Vic Mackey's face where they were, it was like they were, they were prepping it almost for like him to cry and then he never did. And my read, just my read, is that that is because at his base, Vic Mackey is kind of a sociopath. At the end of it... All he really cares about is him getting away with all that stuff. Um, and so that's why he didn't cry at the end, because at the end it really is about him getting away with that stuff, and he's, you know, he's going to brandish that gun because it makes him feel like a badass or whatever, but he's going to sit there and he's just going to eat crap at that desk job every day. That's my theory. Yeah. So there you go. That'll pick me up for you there. Yeah, as much as I don't like to see him go, going out like that, it's probably the way it's got to be. Probably, sir. All right, thank you. Best show ever. Uh, thank you, my friend. All right, here's Tim Riley. So the first lady and the president to respond to whether or not they'd ever thought they'd see an African-American elected president in this country. Probably not. I mean, I'm not surprised in, in many ways, but, but um, I don't know if I expect it. It's hard to believe it, having grown up and, you know, come to age in the 60s. Whatever. In the 60s? Whatever, friend. I mean, you know, I, okay. That's the wrong decade to reference there, Ben. No, I mean, you know, and just you know, whatever he says at this point, I kind of go, uh-huh, that's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Now, did you see that thing? Do we have? I don't know if we have a soundbite. Did you see that thing where they were, we were talking, talking to George W. Bush about the, uh, you know, the cratering, stupid, imploding economy? And he said, he said, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's great. Thanks so much. You're so, as Ronnie Gardaki would say on the season finale of The Shield, you're goddamn sorry? Yeah. Thanks. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Mr. Emerson. Hello. Hello Tim. Hi. Hey. Hello, what's hey, up? Um, what, what, are, what are the odds, what are the chances, what is the slim hope that you would put the Joy of Christmas sounder on your website in some form of a wave that we could use as a ringtone? Because those of us that are fairly anti-Christmas would use it joyously and often. Uh, well, let's play the sounder here. This is the Joy of Christmas sounder that you're uh, speaking of. I love that. That is second only to the clown watch, as far as I'm concerned, as far as creativity and madness. Uh, well, do me a favor. Uh, next yes. time you're near any, uh, next time you're near like an email account or whatever, send me an email reminding me, because otherwise I'll forget, uh, and I'll do it. 
I will do that, sir. All Thank right. you so Thank much. Thank you. All right, here you go. Here's Tim Riley. Time for a Britney watch. Oh, that's fantastic. Here's your Britney watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> So what? There's still Britney birthday cake. Oh, oh yeah. So what was the deal? So uh, some of Sarah's got... friends were gonna have a cake at Pioneer Courthouse Square today. Yeah, I got a couple pictures from them wearing short shorts, and I do believe they are drunk. You're right, Tim. Look at this. Let me look. And as this is your friends just standing in Pioneer Courthouse Square. That's terrific. With a radio and a big cake, and one of them's wearing a fur jacket, and they're both wearing like really short shorts, and one of them's wearing a leather jacket. Now, did people actually appear to eat this cake? I mean, no offense. I do not know. I'm sure your friends are fine people, but is some. Hairy guy in short shorts holding a cake in Pioneer Courthouse Square. I'm not eating that. I mean, there's just no way. I don't know. I yeah, I'm not sure how. That that's the only picture I got of them no. standing next to the cake. Well, I'm yeah. just saying that's a well. They're so, very enterprising. They might have had that cake all to themselves. Is my point. All right. Here's, oh, we got to play MacArthur Park. I'll find that. Here's Tim Riley. So we have several parts of the story today. The circus is coming to town after a five-year hiatus from touring. Britney Spears is going back on the road with a 27-city North American tour to begin in March. The singer was on a Good uh, Good Morning America celebrating her 27th birthday today. The singer whose sixth studio album, Circus, is also being released today. will kick off the circus starring Britney Spears' 2009 tour in New Orleans, March 3rd, with guests the Pussycat Dolls. After wrapping up the North American leg in Chicago, April 28th, she'll play in London June 3rd and 4th. Tickets go on sale Saturday, December 6th, and she's playing at Tacoma. Yeah, which I don't really, I mean, I understand that that's the trash demographic, but I mean... 4-9-2009. I guess the theory of playing in Tacoma is that you'll get Seattle, Tacoma, and maybe Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if you play Portland, you only get Portland and Vancouver. Right. I'd love to see Britney. I mean, I would, you know, the thing is, I didn't see her when she played the Rose Garden. Now, I, first of all, the Tacoma Dome is kind of an ass place to see a show. I mean, it's just, it I know you're not going for the music, but... Have um, they ever really kept it up? Because it seems like it looks the oh, same no. for the past, like, Oh, God, years. no, no, it's just, it's just falling apart. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's not as bad as the Kingdom it's, was. It's, it's like climbing the trunk of your old car. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, they don't really keep that place, uh... You know, they don't really keep that place like spick and span. So, um, the, That's in your in uh, yeah, I, I'm amazed that it's still there, actually. No, I, probably do. I mean, I think it's just there because the kingdom went away, and so they kind of need a big place like that. Um, in fact, this is, uh, I didn't even go to see ACDC, who were there um, yesterday, I think, or two days ago. Uh, in fact, we got this, Rick. I was coming home, here we go. I was coming home yesterday from ACDC in Tacoma. Did anybody call in about the concert? I will say Angus Young still rocks. Guy ran everywhere on stage. Looked like he weighs about 90 pounds. He was sweaty and whatever by the end. I was in the 20th row, still enjoying the after effects of ringing ears. Interesting to see how many parents were there with their kids. I thought it was really, really odd. So uh, so ACDC was going to be in Portland. Then they weren't. Then they were going to be in Seattle and Tacoma. Then just Seattle. Then it ended up being just Tacoma. And on a Sunday night, by the way. And... There's just no, and, and like I want, you know, I don't want to go up and stay the night in, in in Tacoma. I've stayed the night in Tacoma a couple times and it's scary. It's completely scary. I stayed downtown as in as like a fancy hotel, but it's scary. Uh, what? As bad as Renton? Oh, it's bad in a wholly different way. Mm. Renton is like being lost in. Renton is like being lost in an Applebee's. Uh, Tacoma is like being lost in a gun store while a riot is happening somewhere. Oh, no. mm-hmm. That's no, what it's, it's like. It's like there's no, there's no law there. It's really <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's really it. I mean, that's, no it is, it's like Westworld. I mean, it's a place where there is, there is no hope. Uh, 
It is it is a place without rules. So it's it's like being in that movie, The Warriors. Oh no, that's what Tacoma's or like. Or Waterworld without the water. Exactly. So um, I got lost in like a really I was gonna say a bad part, but an especially bad part of Tacoma. Years and years, like 15 years ago, I was there for some show. I remember what. Eric Clapton, maybe something. I went there. I went to Tacoma though. Got lost with a friend, some car. You know, driving around. Where are we supposed to be at? You know, and then it's like you, you know, and then it's like you're like in Judgment Night, and you're waiting for Dennis Leary to kill you. So it's a whole, it's a bad thing. Um, and so I was not going to stay the night in Tacoma. Plus, you know, then it's like you have to miss. I would have to miss the next day. You know, and it's just, uh, it's just not worth it. So I mean, I've already seen ACDC. I wanted Lara to see them before they retire because they are the definitive hard, hard rock act like of all time. But um. Anyway, so there you go. The new ACDC record, by the way, really good. Really good and without, and you don't have to like, and it's not like Star Wars good at this point where you have to mentally adjust your standards. You know, it's not like Crystal Skull where you have to go, well, for a popcorn movie, I guess that, mm-hmm. you know, that like it's good by any standard. The new ACDC record. And you listen to that, you listen to the new ACDC record, that guy, Brian, he's 62. 62. Wow. And he's selling it, man. I got to tell you, and it's like so much better than uh, any number of records, including ones that we might have been waiting 17 years for. That new ACDC record. Well, it's funny because I think it was the same week that uh, I think I finally got a, whole, a copy of the whole ACDC record. The same week we started playing that Nickelback song. There's something in your mouth. That, oh. which, by the way, is the number four song on iTunes. Thanks, America. That's the country you live Are in, you everyone. Are you serious? That is the country you live in. Something I think we in celebrate by playing it again. Something in your mouth by Nickelback is, in fact, the number four song on iTunes. Or was the last time I checked. It was like last night. Um... So, uh, so there's that. So, uh, but I, we, you know, I got that new Nickelback record, which is just as wonderful as you might imagine. But like the same week, I got that whole new ACDC record, which is, and it was just night and day. So, in any event. Uh, all right, let's do one more, then we'll talk to CNN radio correspondent Amanda Moyer, then rejoin Tim Riley. News. NBC plans to name David Gregory as moderator of Meet the Press, infusing one of television's most prized franchises with a sharp new edge. They're trying to go for a youthful style. Not going to work. Versatility as well. Mm-hmm. Gregory is uh, 38, and he uh, had a cake and ice cream at the Bush's presidential campaign plane. The plan is to anoint Is Gregory. that really a crucial detail for the guy who's going to take over one of the most <laughs> important franchises in news? And he had cake and ice cream with George Bush once. <laughs> and he likes ponies. So they're going to anoint him as soon as today. Okay. NBC News... Uh, Refuses to comment, saying the network would make the announcement at some point. What kind of story is this? <laughs> is this actually a news organization that won't even confirm the appointment of a newsman to head a news show on that network? Well, he speaks French and is an average penophile and doesn't <laughs> father of three. Is he now? P-E-N-O-P-H-I-L-E. He's what? a penophile? That's a, well, who is it? P-H. I mean, really, let's be. No, if, if we're to be honest. I mean, that is the thing that brings us all together in this country. Penophilia? Yes. I'm sorry Amanda Moyer has to be on hold hearing this. We should have gone to her well, before she, the story. she probably knew this already. Maybe she can tell us what a penophile is. We could ask. Let's not ask. Oh, uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. I'm so sorry. From Atlanta, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Hi, Amanda. Hi. I won't ask you to comment on anything. Rick, you are a pedophile. I can tell you this. Please stop. You out of all of us. Stop. Please stop. I'm going to say a couple things real quickly. You don't have to comment on this, Amanda. First of all, David Gregory's 38. That's what it says That's here. a lie. That is a lie. There is no way that I'm calling it out right now. That is fraudulent. That is false advertising. That guy looks like he's about 50. Also, he looks just like Aaron Sorkin, which kind of freaks me out. Uh, thirdly, 
the, the, the meet the press are going to be capturing the youth demographic. Not what, what, what does Dr. Phil say? Not going to happen. All right, well, in any event. Hello, Amanda. How's your day going? Uh, not counting the last couple of minutes, you had to be horrified by the contents of this program. My day is going pretty well. I've been out uh, talking to voters, and I'm out at a polling place right now. All right, well, there you go. So your day was maybe a nine until recently when it became like a two. Right. That's that's good. Hey, so I'm unclear about this. So we got this runoff in Georgia because you know because the Democrats are trying to get this 60 vote. You know they're trying to get this 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 you know 60 seats in the Senate. Um, so what is it? First of all, this is the thing that Sarah Palin was done the campaign for. What is it runoff? Is that like where they do the whole vote again? What is the deal with that? That's exactly right. Uh, what happened is last month the incumbent Republican Senator Saxby Chambliss he did not get 50 percent of the vote, and neither did the Democratic challenger because there was a third party that got 3%. So because ne- neither got 50% plus one vote, that's what the rule is here right, in Georgia. Right. They had to go to a runoff. It's just like uh, basically another election. You have to go back to your polling place and cast a ballot, except this time the, the choice is just the Senate race. Okay. So and then so and this is the thing that they've got um, that they've got Sarah Palin or had Sarah Palin down there uh, campaigning for, right? Right. Last night, uh, Sarah Palin came to uh, campaign with Saxby Chambliss. She also made three other stops around the state to uh, just try to boost voter turnout because when you have a runoff like this, typically voter turnout is much lower. And uh, actually, even early voting is showing that about 500,000 votes were cast by early votes. That compares to 2 million here in Georgia early voting in the general election. So it, that's a big difference. It is interesting to note that, that, that whatever, however badly uh, the Republicans may have been uh, beaten you know, in some quarters in this last election, and however polarizing Sarah Palin may be, that they still do, just like uh, certain news organizations, such as CNN, and I understand why they do this, just like, just like certain news organizations continue to put her in the news because they know that it gets people to watch, uh, you know, and you, they put it on the cover of magazines to be able to buy them. It's interesting to note that they bring her down there. They still think that she's going to increase the turnout. That she, in other words, that has not that use has not been exhausted. And I don't know if she will, in fact, boost the turnout. But I can tell you that she did draw large crowds at the four stops that she made yesterday. Right. I was at her last stop, uh, and uh, several thousand people were there uh, waving uh, signs that even said uh, Palin 2012. So the, the people that were there were very revved up that she was coming. All right. Uh, and then, so one other question, because they're looking for 60 votes, which, you know, and people ask me what I would like to deal with 60 votes. If you got 60 seats in the Senate, then you are filibuster-proof. Uh, you know, then you are, you know, it's sort of a Kevlar for you. So what is it? But they would still need one more. So what is the other seat that they're trying to trying to nail down? Well, the other seat is the Minnesota race, which is in a recount. Oh, was that that Al Franken thing? Yes, it's that race, and we won't know what is with that until probably the middle of the month. That's why this race is, is so important, because this is the only one left that voters actually have a chance to change right now. So once we know the outcome of the Georgia race, which the polls do close here in less than three hours, right. so uh, we'll eventually know tonight if the Democrats picked up that other seat. If they do pick that up, they'll have 59 seats, and it all comes down to that recount in Minnesota. Wow. All right. Who did, I mean, really, let's be honest. Who would have ever thought that anything important would ever come down to Al Franken? I mean, really, that he would, that he would really be the deciding factor in anything that mattered anywhere. Certainly not I. All right. Uh, on that note, I'm so terribly sorry about everything, Amanda. <laughs> All right. You have a good day. All right. There you, you go. Too. Amanda Moyer.
Horrified at the CNN Center. Being a penophile is nothing to be ashamed of. You are an active penophile. Well, I was, Rick. It's well, it's actually I, Tim and I are both not penophiles, but you in no, fact are. I think it, it's well, it has to do with how I was raised. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is a penophile. Please tell me it's not just a guy who's into pens. Wait, a person who collects pens. Are you kidding me? Need not be fancy pens. It includes those who inadvertently picks up another person's pens and forgets to return them. Generally Why has did a you stash... just say that with an accusing tone of voice? I don't do that. No, Emerson, I was, uh, generally has a stash Shut of up. a wide variety of types of pens in drawers, coffee mugs, and the bottom of a washer. Or perhaps has special pens that he uses for the show and another special pen that he uses upstairs in his office. Okay, but example, Andrew is a penophile. Why don't we substitute that name with like, something? Shut up. Like, maybe just use Rick in the sentences. <laughs> maybe we can make a new promo about that. I was just going to say... I want Max to write to, you know, he's a penophile. 11 to 3. Uh, but so, no, but penophilia no, no, is widespread. Okay, but let's stop for a second. Well, First of all, have it, Rick. Shh, you hush. Um, so, why does, like, clown phobia get to have, like, coolerophobia? Or, like, the fear of 13? That's like the, that's not, like, 13-ophobia. That's triskaidekaphobia. Why can't they come up with a fancy name? Why can't it be, like, um... I don't know. Uh, like what's a what's a what's a what's a foreign uh, term? For, like what's a you know like a like a, a foreign term for pen? Like biro or whatever. Bilo? Yeah, or they don't they call it a, a biro or something? Yeah. A biro in France. I think it's French. Something. Bilo. Why can't they go birofile? I mean, yeah, that's we weird. Don't, we don't speak French in this country. It's no, but American. why do they have to come up with strange names for everything else that don't make it sound anything like what it is? But for pen, they have to call it penophile. Don't feel dirty, Rick. Shut up. There are a lot of people out there just like you. <sighs> there are self-help groups for the penophilia. I hate you all. All right. Maybe there's one locally. Are we in, are we inside a watch of some kind? No. So I have nothing I can play to get away from this. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't even know. I want to read this. Do I want to read? Do I want to read this? Yes, by yes. all means, please do. All right. Well, I should have anticipated this. Uh, so I'm just going to read. Uh, here's the thing. I'm just going to read this email, and then I'm just going to respond without any editorial comment, and then we'll move on. That sounds reasonable. Uh, this says uh, this is me referring to something or other being all spick and span. Guy says, uh, Rick, as someone of Hispanic, de- as someone as as someone of Hispanic descent, I want to remind you that using pejoratives such as spick and span went out in the '60s. Just saying, but then he does sign it best show ever, Francisco. I didn't know that. I'd never even thought of that. Well, that's what, because, what about the? That is because it's not. That is because that's not what it means. It is. It's a British term that is short. A um, spick is, is short for uh, um, in, in in spick and span. It comes from spike or nail, mm-hmm. and span comes, it is a um, derivation, it comes from brand spanking new. And so in British, and it's like from, it's like the, it's from the 16th century, I mean, it's like hundreds of years old. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in any event, just, I'm just saying, uh, I'm really, and I don't mean, I'm not lecturing, I'm just saying I think that is maybe a misconception certain people have, you know, people will hear that, and they'll think, you know, whatever, you know, certain folks hear it, and they go, ah, well, you know, maybe it is, or it must be, because let's be honest, we had a long history of using horrible racist words in this country, uh, and, you know, and cloaking them as something that is acceptable. Uh, spick and span, however, is a British idiom. Is uh, it a brand of cleaner? Also? Well, it is also a brand of cleaner, which I think, and I think it still is. I think Procter and... Uh, orange box. I think Procter and Gamble still makes spick and span uh, floor cleaner, or whatever it is. Is it like a scrubbing mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. So, and look, let's be honest, uh, 2008, you know, a company wouldn't be making that if if the name was actually pejorative. So it's, I believe that is a common misperception. It's uh, not a liquid cleaner. Yeah, but it does, it does come from British slang for meaning to be nailed up and brand spanking new, which is to be neat and tidy. So that is uh, from whence spick and span derives, just FYI. All right, here's a, <coughs> pardon me, a little thing there. Here's Tim Riley. 
Uh, Barbara Bush is expected to leave a Texas hospital today after going there for a perforated ulcer. She had the operation last month. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, wait, ulcer? I barely knew her. After complaining of pain, the hospital says Mrs. Bush is in good condition and recovering as expected. She's 83 years old. The seventh Harry Potter movie is already in the works, and Daniel Radcliffe is anxious to jump into the world of wizardry for a final time. He said he hadn't seen the script yet for the final Potter flick, but he knows it's going to be long. It'll be broken up into two separate features. He has played the role of Harry Potter since it hit the big screen seven years ago. He is currently starring in the Broadway play Equus. By the way, uh, somebody has noted, is this true? Did I share that George Bush associates with a known penophile? Also, this, and then he sends me, this is so great, this is a journalist Even page. I work for one. He's, let's be careful with that. Uh, he uh, Also, he says, by the way, this page says that David Gregory was born in 1659. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not 38. Sons of bitches. So uh, much for the youth demographic. Gregory, you know, here's the thing about David Gregory. He is actually pretty great. I mean, I, uh, as Bill Maher would say, I kid. But um, he is pretty great. He used to be on the Imus show all the time. Yes, he was. He was the White House correspondent, or maybe still is. I mean, maybe that's where he's coming. Maybe he's coming from that gig. He was the White House correspondent for NBC News. David Gregory is is pretty great. I do wonder at this point. Look, let's, let's just be honest. I think that probably you can get a good replacement who's going to make the people who watch Meet the Press happy. I don't think you're going to be getting any new people. I think the audience you have for Meet the Press right now, that's the audience you're going to have. And it's going to get smaller, not going to get bigger. Probably won't stay the same for much longer either. Probably stay there for a bit. But as that audience dies off, I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Um, i have to jazz it up a bit. That's right, Tim. Maybe they can have some big band music. <laughs> that would be a good idea. Jazzing things up never works. Anything you jazz up, have you ever noticed this? When you jazz something up, it's always something that is so impossibly lame that it's never going to be cool. I remember like a recipe. I was in like in home ec in high school, and I remember some teacher saying, "Today we're going to have a recipe that'll help you jazz up some tuna fish." That can't be done. Tuna fish cannot be jazzed. It's lame. Fish. It's, don't get me wrong. I love tuna fish. It is, in many ways, they'll, it's a superfood. It is one of nature's, if you take like a, a nutrition class, they'll tell you, uh, that if, aside from the apparently rampant amounts of mercury they're in and all of it, tuna fish is, in fact, one of the world's perfect foods in terms of health uh, content. That, that round can perfectly. Exactly, Tim. But it is also irrevocably lame, and there is no jazzing it up. Let's just disabuse ourselves of that notion right now. Uh, well, let's hear from somebody who was lost in Tacoma. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good afternoon. A couple of other quick little tidbits about language. Uh, dead nuts on is not an obscene term. It's a technical term where you take and you screw two nuts together to lock something in place. Balls to the wall has nothing to do with genitalia. It has to do with those old steam governors where the faster it spins and the big ball weights spin right. out. And let's hold it at those who... What do you suppose, as a student of language, that means? You can read my mind. Yes. Uh, now you're thinking, why did I get hung up on? All right. hmm. uh, here's Tim Riley. I'm sorry, and I shouldn't have hung up, but he just left himself wide open for that joke, which didn't work unless I actually hung up on him. Here's Tim Riley. Here's a great idea. Why not go for major surgery south of the border? It's a lot cheaper. More and more people are doing it. Uh... Linda Landa had surgery, Linda Landa, uh, really? uh, had her surgery performed in the United States. Well, had she had it performed in the United States, it would have been $27,000. But paid only $13,000 for it to Mexico. I'm happy, satisfied, and comfortable, she said, from her hospital bed in Mexico. 
and they treated me wonderfully. So people are going to Monterey. It's been known to attract tourists for its beautiful mountainous background, food, and culture. And now it's a healthcare destination. So whatever you need removed, why not head down? To Mexico? Yes. Well, you know, my brother had a root canal down there. My friend had a full set of um, caps put on. Yeah, the, like like well, like two, the, or, the uh, veneers or whatever, porcelain. Veneers. The Johnny Resnick thing? Yeah, and they look really good. By the way, can I tell you this, that everybody is in agreement that, that John, there's something wrong with Johnny Resnick's head. Uh, not just his teeth. The shape? No, yeah, it's no longer just his teeth. No, it's Johnny Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh -huh. It's no longer just the, the, you know, it's like his whole head has gone all wonky. It's, it's, it is, there's something weird. It's like, how do I put this? It's sort of like maybe a, uh, uh, I don't know, like what are those things, those Chinese lanterns? Those are things like the round sort of paper mache mm -hmm. lights or whatever, uh -huh. but they have like, they have the brackets or whatever inside that, you know, the, the sort of, you know, the skeleton of it that keeps it. But, like, imagine if that just started to get broken in a few places. And then the lamp is all just kind of misshapen and bulby everywhere. That's kind of what Johnny Resnick's head looks like. And I was discussing with somebody the other day, and we were talking about our mutual, the mutual sort of pain of being a fan of early Goo Goo Dolls records. Because then he always got to clarify, like, no, I'm talking about, like, not now, you know, but you have to talk about it then. But he's got those huge teeth. So your friend had the veneers put on. Mm. See, but that seems like a weird thing. I don't see that's a fit. That's actually cosmetic surgery. Uh -huh. though. I would not get cosmetic surgery done in in a in in maybe some sort of a foreign land where perhaps. I mean, I guess maybe I'm maybe I'm being unfair. Mm -hmm. Am I being unfair in stereotyping by saying that going getting a root canal in Mexico is perhaps maybe not as it's not as sanitary as it is here? Am I being unfair about that? I maybe you are. I mean, I mean, my brother's nobody's fool. I mean, he's you know, my brother's one of the smartest people I know. Mm -hmm. He did talk about at one point. He had, it was like your thing with the dentist, looking up and seeing big layers of mold on the ceiling. So I mean, well, that was on any second. <laughs> no, no, no. This was no. This was in Mexico. Oh, um, but I mean, he he did at one point talk about looking up from the chair and just seeing like black mold all over the ceiling of the dentist's office. No one's perfect though. Yeah. So I guess maybe it's like any place else. Maybe it just maybe every country has. You know, like oh. they're top of the line doctors, and every country has their like, you know, Doctor Nick, <laughs> just gonna sit there and give you, just gonna hit you in the head with a mallet and gag you, you know, and then be, and then saw your bones in half. So, not that that's what happened. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, do we ever close the Britney watch? No, that was about an hour ago. Well, let's close the Britney watch. Take a break. We'll come back. Mister Skin around the corner. More from Tim Riley. Uh, Nina Parker's sick today, so we'll be talking to. Katie Darrell uh, from TMZ, uh, later on the Top 5 and all that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up here in just a few, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. More from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, we will talk to Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, transvestite trivia for a shot at the tickets. The Richie Bristol's drag show, Rochelle Crystal, and the Lips Cabaret happening December 13th in North Bank. Uh, tickets at... Uh... At Taboo. Tickets at... 
at Taboo, but then they're also on, is it Tickets West? Tickets, it is Tickets West. Tickets West. Tickets West. There you go. Uh, all right. Hey, Richard, can you obtain Mr. Skin? That'd be fantastic. At the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Sales of cars at both Ford and Toyota dropped over 30% November, as opposed to the same period last year. For the first half since February 2005, Oregon's average price of regular unleaded gasoline is below $2 a gallon. The statewide average is now $1.92, according to AAA. Barack Obama expected to name more cabinet appointments as soon as tomorrow. They say New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson will soon be nominated to be Obama's Commerce Secretary. An Indiana man is accused of assaulting his girlfriend with a hot sweet potato pie. This is from Indian Town. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. From Indian Town, deputies there arrested a man who threw a hot sweet potato pie in his girlfriend's face on Thanksgiving because he didn't like the food. Christopher Ford went to the home of his girlfriend when he asked for something to eat. But Ford was upset with the meal his girlfriend fixed for him. They got into an argument in the kitchen. While arguing, Ford picked up the sweet potato pie his girlfriend had recently removed from the oven and slammed it into her face. He ran outside, but a residents caught him, and three teenagers went to the kitchen to see what the ruckus was about. They saw their mom with pie on her face. Deputies arrived. The victim was transported to a nearby hospital to be treated for burns and blisters on wow, her neck. that's no good. And that's embarrassing, too, because not only do you have burns and blisters. Well, A, you have burns and blisters. B, is this her husband? Boyfriend? Boyfriend. Well, you pick some jackass boyfriend that'll burn you with a pie. Mm-hmm. And C... Having to explain that you were burned by sweet potato pie just sounds silly. I mean, that's one of those things that I'm sure is very painful. I'm sure it's no, it obviously is a serious injury, but it just sounds silly when you describe It's like being burned by hot shoe fly pie. And it's not going to be. And, is, and before we talk to Mr. Skip, this is a dumb question. Sweet potato pie, is that actually made out of sweet, like yam, like sweet potatoes? I've never had it. See, I don't know, but I wonder if it's like minced meat that has no meat in it. Oh, that could be. Minced meat pie is made out of like fruit, and then sweet bread, no bread, not sweet. There you go. It's all very confused. Driving a parkway, parking a driveway. Uh, let's welcome now to Rick Emerson, uh, to the uh, Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com. A good friend, Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick. How you doing? I am fantabulous. How's, uh, uh, how's life in the world of nudity, sir? Well, very good. I wanted to let you know that if uh, anyone goes to MrSkin.com, we have the top nude scenes of 2008 uh, at our website. It's been a very busy week. I looked at all the nudity uh, for movies and television and, and listed my best. I thought I'd go over maybe the top five TV nude scenes for you. It'd be kind of fun because really TV, uh, the TV cable series have been loaded with nudity for the last few years, and this year was no exception. Uh, to give you an idea, number five on my list is Genevieve Jolie and Entourage during a sex scene with Bow Wow. Uh, when I was watching this with my wife, I kept as the scene was going on, I was saying, Man, I know that girl. Where do I know her from? Uh, who is that? And then uh, when the credits rolled, I go, oh, that's Genevieve Jolie, a porn star. I was a little embarrassed that uh, uh, that's how I knew her. But anyway, Genevieve Jolie. Did you and clarify I... with your wife later? Oh, honey, it's from that porn film I watch all yeah, the time well, after luckily, you're in bed. Luckily, being Mr. Skin, I get a lot of free passes on that kind of stuff. That so, is true. Uh, anyway, that's number five. Number four from a TV show on Stars called Crash, a girl named Arlene Turr did a topless scene, and she's a former professional volleyball player. So, Rick, you can imagine what a, a volley, pro, pro volleyball player would look like topless. It's, it's not bad, I can tell you that. So Arlene Tour and Crash, that's a Dennis Hopper show on Stars. Uh, number three on True Blood, which was a, a big breakout show this year, got a lot of people interested uh, in the show. Anna Paquin, who's the star, plays Suki Stackhouse. She 
bared her uh, breasts for the first time, and uh, it was well worth the wait. It was outstanding, and uh, um, she would have been number uh, higher on the list, except that uh, her co-star, which I'll get to in a second, did an even better nude scene. But Anna Paquin is number um, three on my list. Number two from the Showtime series Weeds, Mary Louise Parker, at 44 years old, uh, comes in at number two. She had a bathtub scene that uh, all I could say is she was smoking. She looks great, and she's 44 years she old. She really is gorgeous. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of hers, and she's yeah, done... I know that. Yeah, and uh, I thought you'd dig that. Yeah. So she's number two, and then number one from True Blood, Lizzie Kaplan, who uh, was a played a psycho girl on the show, a vampire killer who also liked to snort vampire blood. But uh, she had a topless scene, and along with Anna Paquin, I could say from True Blood. Fangs for the Mammaries. It was a great year in uh, nudity for television. So. Right. Well done, my, my friend. As always, doing the Lord's work. We'll talk to you next time, sir. Talk to you, Rick. There you go. It's Mitchell Skin. All right. Fangs for the Memories. Mary Louise Parker is hot, and I'm uh, and she was in, and she was on the West Wing, too. Uh, and I got kind of a crush on her when she was on the West Wing. So, anyway, so it's good. And I've never seen that weed show, but everybody's sort of, uh, and it's one of the, weeds is like, because that's where she's like the, the, she's like the suburban mama. She sells pot or something. Mm-hmm. Which is so it's sort of like it seems like a less horrible version, you know, like a less dark version of that Breaking Bad show, which I actually, and that sounds strange for me because it's like, for, it's really hard for a movie to be actually so dark that I don't want to watch it. But I think the standards are different for TV shows. Like That's it, how I felt after Six Feet Under. I had to stop watching it because it was just too too much death and relentless. too much, and they're annoying too. Right, but. right. I mean, that's with like a movie. I can take the darkest movie, the most grim, bleak, just a hopeless movie ever. Because you know what? You know the, the outside. What is it? Two, three hours, maybe, and you're done. You know. So what are the end? Well, at the end, it's Gwyneth's head in the box, and everyone has cancer, and then an asteroid hit the world, and we're all dead. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, you're finished. It's two and a half hours. A TV show, it just goes on and on, especially if it's a show that doesn't have, like, a predetermined end. If it's just, like, an open-ended show that's just going to run for years and years, a Breaking Bad show, it's really good. Don't get me wrong. That guy from Malcolm in the Middle, the dad, mm-hmm. who stars in Breaking Bad, he's really, uh, he's quite fantastic. But you can just see... It's like one of those shows, watching Breaking Bad is like, it's like coming back from being outdoors and like the wind and you have grit in your teeth. You ever like go out in a dust storm or something or the wind is blowing and it's All blowing? All the time. So, and it's, Tim, did you ever go walking in a dust storm? Don't go walking in a dust storm. Hey, don't. Uh, but you come back in and you kind of go, you got grit and just crap everywhere and just dirt and just whatever. It's like being in a garden. That's what Breaking Bad is like. It's like having grit in the teeth of your soul. So, anyway, here's Tim Riley. Pirates attack again. A luxury American cruise ship steaming across the Gulf of Aden with hundreds of well-heared tourists. Uh, we're too much for the Somali pirates this time. A group of six bandits riding in two skiffs, firing rifle shots at the gleaming ship. We're out running minutes with a captain of the Nautica gun the engine and sped away. Apparently, the, the pirates want to uh, kidnap wealthy people and hold them for ransom. Six bandits in two skiffs? Yeah. Doesn't that sound like they're playing cricket or something? It does, doesn't it? And the batsman and the snorter and the bowler hit two wickets. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so look out for bandits and skiffs, I pirates guess. Pirates are everywhere now. Well, you know. Can't get away from them. No, the uh, pirates are the new zombie, Tim. I suppose they are. See, Booch is weird because zombies were, in fact, the new pirate. Now... Going back going the back other way. Pirate? That's exactly what it's all about. All right, here's Tim Riley. From Texas comes word a teenage suspect with a bullet stuck in his forehead who made headlines two years ago when authorities sought unsuccessfully to remove it for evidence has reached a plea deal to settle remaining charges against him. Joshua Adam Bush. 
pled guilty to charges of criminal mischief on authorized use of motor vehicle. In return, other charges have been dropped. He's been sentenced to two years. Uh, the most serious charge against him was aggravated assault. They said he exchanged gunfire with a used car dealership after breaking in the car lot in 2006. They contend the slug stuck in his forehead came from the dealer's 9mm gun. Bush had claimed he was accidentally shot by a friend. So this has been going on and on, but he refused to remove it. Just He just liked it. Yeah. He felt that it gave him a certain... Gave him a certain, certain he's, he's from Texas. Gave him a certain style. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? A whole bunch of... Uh, oh, by the way, this is, we're getting these late now. We had asked that question about being bipolar. Yes. And, <laughs> pardon me, that guy who had to be tased at the mall or whatever today? Uh -huh. Was it the Clackamas Mall? Yes. And we were saying, well, bipolar just means you're a little like, oh, I'm sad. I'm happy. I don't know. But apparently this guy says, um, Rick, if someone is having a severe form of uh, mania, which I guess is the, you know, that's like the, ups the upside of that, they can become psychotic, i.e. believing that things are, in fact, not real. This is typically how bipolar people end up in the psych ward. They have a bad manic episode, start believing in weird stuff, and then act accordingly, which usually ends with them being arrested or whatever. And then there's a long break in the line, and it says, not that I would know anything about any of that. Um, signed, uh, some guy. I won't use his name. So there you go. And this one says, uh, this is this part. This is not my assessment. This is a this is a listener. This is their email read on the situation. Mm -hmm. Rick, many bipolar people won't take their meds, and they get real bonkers. You know. So, yes, I do, sir. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, maybe they stop because of in Clackamas. I, I would imagine that probably uh, there are certain uh, environments in which you would not want to live if you had a mental condition like that because it might be exacerbated He's by... the trigger. Wait, that's, that's, see, they talk about stressors uh, or stress triggers. I would imagine waking up every day and kind of walking into your living room, looking past the tireless car that is undoubtedly in front of your house, mm -hmm. and just looking out at children setting things on fire in the streets, and you'd probably go... Mm. And, I mean, just another... Another long, horrible, clackamous day looming out in front of you. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. She never officially admitted to being in a romantic relationship with Samantha Ronson, but Lindsay Lohan is quick to dismiss the rumors that they've split. The 22-year-old singer and actress write on her MySpace celebrity blog page that she has received scores of emails asking if the two, in fact, have broken up. Lohan responds with, quote, Just to clear this up, Samantha Ronson and Lindsay Lohan, me, are not breaking up, unquote. While neither Lohan or celebrity DJ Ronson have admitted to being a couple, Lohan said in an interview last month that her partner is a wonderful person and she loves her very much. She also said having Ronson in her life keeps her grounded. I guess she does bad things now. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hi. I was wondering if you could tell me, I don't think they advertise with you anymore, but um, it was the company that does the video uh, transfer. Oh, uh, you're talking about Super Digital. Ah, oh, that's it. Yeah, that is yeah. Uh, their uh, Super Digital. They uh, you can find them at superdigital.com or 503-228. He says with a mastery of all the contact information for a client uh, that uh, was closely associated with this program. 503-228-2222. Uh, Thank you so much. Will you uh, now do me a favor? What do you have to do in return now? And I think you know, and it's not perverse. I, uh, I'm really not sure. You will tell them that you heard about it where? At the Rick Emerson show. God bless you. What is your, what is your name? Shannon. All right, Jenna. Thank you so much. You call us anytime. All right, thanks. All right, there you go. Thanks so much. I realized as that statement was leaving my mouth, it sounded a little odd. What are you going to do for me? And I think you know. All right, here's here's Tim Riley. Get me a pen.
Michelle Obama may have to wait till Christmas, or maybe after that, but the gift she's getting may be well worth it. Apparently, the soon-to-be first lady is getting a rare $30,000 ring from Barack Obama. The president-elect is buying the ring as a thank you for his wife's support during the recent presidential campaign. The Harmony ring is made of rhodium, which is the world's most... Rhodium is made up. You're fabricating that right now. It says... And it's made of 100% rhodium. R-H-O-D-I-U-M. R-H-O-D-I-U-M. Rhodium. Rhodium? Mm -hmm. It's the world's most expensive metal. It's encrusted with diamonds. I was going to... See, I was going to try to make like a Rhoda joke there. Like oh, it would be, boy. like it's made out of, wait, that wasn't Valerie, uh, what's her name, was it? Yes, it was. That Valerie Harper? Yes. So like rhodium is made out of, see, but then there's no way to go. Like what would, rhodium would be made out, you can't say it's made out of Valerie Harper. That seems a little morbid. Isn't she dead? Valerie Harper? Valerie Harper, dead? No, she's alive. Okay, wait, hold on. Here's one. Doc Severinsen. Alive. Are you sure? Mostly. How sure are you that Doc Severinsen is alive? On a scale of one to five. Fifty-five percent. You are... On a scale of one to five, you are, Tim, on a scale of one to five, 55 percent. Tim, on a scale of one to five, how sure are you? Green. X. Look over there. All right. You are, I, I'm on a scale of one to five, you are 55 percent. Yes. You are. Positive. The, the Doc Severinsen is alive. Uh, should we check Hold it on. out? Oh, Doc Severinsen. De Severinsen. Looking it up right now. Well, I've just misspelled. I've just spelled it Severinsen's. You know, have you noticed this about Wikipedia? That Wikipedia has no ability. We've been so spoiled by Google because Google will say, "Did you attention, idiot American? Did you mean correct spelling?" But Wikipedia doesn't have that function. If you're like one letter off, or if you make a plural out of a singular in Wikipedia, you are screwed. It will never yeah, find what you're looking for. Wikipedia hates you. Sever in done. Um, you know, Google ought to buy Wikipedia. I just think Google ought to do everything. I guess. I know. Yeah. If you want Google for your car. Oh wait. Okay. Phone. Now, Tim, would you like to change your answer? No. You sure? Uh -huh. No, he's alive. See, how I old? How? I was 55% positive. And now you're 100% correct. How old would you say uh, that Doc Severance oh is? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mid-70s. Nah, older than that, 81. Oh, wow. Born in Arlington, Oregon. So there you go. I thought he was from Spokane because there's like a statue of him. No, and, that's Bing Crosby. No, well, no, no, no. That's a, Well, that there is a statue of Bing Crosby holding a golf club uh, about to beat one of his children at, um, not really, at Gonzaga. Uh, if you go to Gonzaga, there's a picture, because he went there, I think. If you go to Gonzaga, there's a picture of Bing Crosby. Probably taken. The statue was probably made in the moments before he started to beat someone. Um, but if you go to, I think, a rest stop, I'm pretty sure there's like a bathroom up by the side of the highway somewhere in Washington. Bing Crosby. Yeah, no, not Bing Crosby. No, not Bing, but Doc Severinsen. Oh. Where you stop, you're like, I have to use the bathroom. Hey, look, it's Doc Severinsen. And it's a, it's a big bronze thing of Doc Severinsen that you see as you're on your way to the, uh, to the wizard. Oh, it's not inside the restroom itself. Well, I don't know. Let's move on from this. Let's talk to uh, let's let's go to the uh, let's go to the phones and welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Katie Darrow from TMZ. Hello there. How are you today? Hello, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Are you familiar with the actress Valerie Harper? Uh, yes. Is Valerie Harper dead or alive? Alive. Are you now? Is this now, Katie Darrow? This is your first time on the Rick Emerson Show. Let me ask you this: Are you a certain, b uncertain, c uncertain but bluffing? Or D, just flat out guessing, but unsure. <laughs> Take as much time as you need. Um, I'm gonna go with the uh, the bluffing one. Uh, all right. So you're sort of bluffing that Valerie Harper's alive. No, I'm actually, I'm going 
she's 100 percent alive. Come on. So, so that, but I mean, wouldn't you have seen her in something like? Wouldn't Valerie Harper have turned up in an infomercial? She's exactly the kind of person, like Jenny Lee Harrison. She's yeah. the kind you'd see her like in an infomercial, like for that pillow that's filled with buckwheat husks. Or exactly, something. or just on QVC for some sort of piece of jewelry. I think that, but but you haven't. So I mean, it's. She's just been, she's been nowhere. I mean, maybe she made enough money off, like, the Rhoda and the Valerie's family or whatever. That maybe she like, became, like, a Gloria Swanson. Ooh. What does that mean? Oh, that she's, like, in a, yeah. she's in a, a mansion somewhere? It's, I stayed the same size. The pictures got small. That, <laughs> her and Sandy Duncan are living together, just waiting for a reality oh, show to yeah, find them. There's a good one. You know, TMZ just had a member, her, with, uh, the, uh, just last week. So you can actually put her name in when you go to TMZ.com, and you can see kind of like a, a picture of what she looks like now. You had a thing on Sandy Duncan, really? Yeah, because we like to pull up people that were kind of like, hey, remember them? What, what's the story? Are they dead alive? What do they look like? So we have this thing that we do probably three or four times a week, and her name popped up last week, and we found a, a current picture and put it up there. So you know what? I'm going to look and see if we've got a Valerie one going, and, and maybe that'll get me brownie points tomorrow in the I, eating. Okay, now I do have to say, by the way, that feature on TMZ where it's like uh, a photo of them from when everybody remembers them, and then a photo of them now, Right. that really is one of the best features on TMZ, and I'll tell you why. Because... It, because you you can only really ever guess correctly what they're going to look like about 30% of the time. Sometimes you go like, oh, that guy's going to look bad. And click and sure enough, he looks bad. It's sometimes flat out terrible, actually. But sometimes they'll be like some, some star from back then, you know, 70s, 80s, whatever. You click on it, and, you know, they don't look bad at all. They look like they kind of kept it together. And every now and again, I'm saying maybe 8 9% of the time, <laughs> you will go to TMZ and it'll be like, hey, uh, remember this guy from that sitcom that you watched way back when with that thing? And click here to see what he looks like now. And you click on it. And every now and again, there's somebody who looks much better. Like they've really taken the time to treat themselves right. And, the, you know, they've uh, they've treated their body well. Exactly, exactly. They haven't beat it up with the uh, booze and drugs like some of the other ones. My favorite are definitely the child stars, though, seeing them grown up. Because, I mean, even like, here's one that I suggested the other day, and I don't know if we're going to do it or not, but um, do you remember the grape, the Welch's grape juice little girl who's like, mm, it's Welch's, and like kind of has a little speech impediment. She's blonde and pigtails and really cute and darling. I do indeed. Those are the ones that usually grow up to look really gorfy, as my mother would say. Gorfy? Gorfy, yeah, where you're like, what a dork, and like, I don't know, it's a word my mother used to Where they just go, they go all weird looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, so, you know, on that note, here's another thing. Have you guys done the, uh, well, there's two that come to mind. Now we're just talking about commercials. Have you guys done either... Uh, that kid, the, I had a report you on space, and it's the Encyclopedia Britannica kid. Uh, there's him, and then this one's probably been done, but it's that kid from the Life Cereal commercial, the, you know, the, the Mikey oh, won't eat like anything Mikey, thing. Oh, like Mikey, he'll yeah. eat anything? Yeah, yeah. Didn't he die because he ate a bunch of Pop Rocks or something? You're spreading <laughs> lies. I will not accept such fraudulent uh, uh, speculation here. You are spreading untruths, Katie Darrell. Um, so, all right. But, well, before we do anything else, now i got to know. I mean, I guess I could go look it up. But just quick summation. Sandy Duncan, good, bad, somewhere in the middle? Um, surprisingly, very much the same. Exactly it, it, the same. Just older looking, you know. Right. So it definitely didn't... Um, she didn't gain any numbers on the scale of 1 to 10. I think she just held steady but got older. Well, I know? mean, holding steady, I mean, you could do worse than to hold steady as, uh, as the hand of time, you know, it takes away your, your many layers. So, um, you know, we can't all be like, you know, like Sophia Loren or what's her name, um, Dawn Wells from Gilligan's Island. Right. You know, you know, Marianne from Gilligan's Island. She's another one where it's like at a certain point, like it, she just quit aging. I mean, she hit about 50, and that's just how she stayed forever. So it's fascinating. Called Good Doctors. That's what I'm saying. Um... 
All right. Well, I know that uh, you, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out, uh, you know, all the time on Teams. Again, we get, you know, something's updates. And I've got yesterday's and today's, and they're all kind of uh, smashed together. So rather than try to pick a couple, I mean, I'll just kind of ask you, what, what's TMZ talking about right now that you find compelling? Okay. Well, a, a couple of my top stories. Um, one, first, foremost, and definitely tragic, we've got the uh, Mr. William Balfour. He uh, has officially been charged with three counts of first-degree murder in the uh, Hudson murders. Remember a couple weeks ago, um, he was accused of um, potentially being the killer for Jennifer Hudson's mother, brother, and nephew. Uh, There's going to be a bond hearing tomorrow morning at noon. uh, That's Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, yeah, that's the big news right now is that William Balfour has officially been charged with three counts of first-degree murder. murder. Now, in lighter news, uh, we have, I mean, talk about total opposite spectrum. Did you see that uh, Saving uh, Sarah Marshall or Forgetting Sarah Marshall movie? Uh, I, my producer did. I haven't seen it yet, but oh, I saw it twice. I loved it. She's a big okay, fan. Great, yeah. Okay, great. Good woman. Good woman. Well, uh, the, the star of that movie is also on the TV show uh, How I Met Your Mother. His name is Jason Siegel. And uh, we caught up with him just, uh, I believe it was this morning. And, uh, you know, in the movie, he does some full frontal nudity. So you know he's a man. Uh, and then we found out of this video, he is a true man and uh, really proud of his masculinity because he's uh, driving around town on a scooter. Uh, yeah, he got one of those, I mean, literally, it's like a moped. It's like one of those Vespa things. And he's got his little helmet on. He's on a scooter. He might as well have a bell where it's going ring, 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 ring. ring. That's an interesting noise. Don't you think at some point your PR person will go, uh, Ixnay on the Uter scale. You, you look like a tool. Stay off of that thing. Well, I think after the video and the uh, segment that we did on TMZ TV tonight, uh, he may be ditching the scooter. Or he might be embracing it just to get some love from the geeks out there because uh, he's kind of one of those self-proclaimed dorks or nerds or, or gorfs. Uh, so. Or yes, Gorf. I'm going to start adding that to my lexicon, by the way. By, between now and what the, in the business world call close of business, I'm going to refer to three different people upstairs as Gorfs between now and like 5.30, just so you know, and it's going to come right from you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, I feel like I've actually accomplished something today. Well, you know, see, your, your, day has been, your day has been more productive than you could have possibly dreamed, Katie Darrell. It is turning around. All right, Katie, you're fantastic, so we hope we get to talk to you again at some point. Request me and I could come back every week. Done and done, sister. All right, enjoy the rest of your day. You have a fantastic afternoon. Thanks so much. Talk to you guys. Katie Darrell. Richie, can you talk to Katie Darrell and make sure that uh, we got her contact info? She's fantastic. She was fantastic. I don't mean the Nagina Parker. I really don't. But I'm saying, Katie Darrell, here's the thing is that a lot of people. I have to tread carefully here. Because I was going to say, some people sound really great. But it's, you can tell that they, they maybe don't quite understand the particular, the, the odd tone of this show. You know, it's kind of like that as Amanda Moyer at CNN, mm-hmm. who's great. She really is great. And I love when she comes on and talks about stuff. She's really, she knows her business, you know, her news. But you can tell that, like, when we're talking about, uh, what's David Gregory being a penophile? Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't quite know exactly how to respond to things like that. Whereas, you know, you get, like, your Jim Roop or whatever. He just grabs it, rolls with it. I think uh, I think Katie Darrell there, she's the Jim Roop of uh, TMZ. That's just a guess. got it. All right, this won't mean anything to you because you know who Sandy Duncan is. But I'm looking at this picture of Sandy Duncan right here. First of all, wow, she was weird looking even then. I mean, I'm looking at this for the, the people in the house who remember Sandy Duncan. Who was she? Uh, Sandy Duncan, she was, um, she was an actress. She did, um, she was Peter Pan, I think. Wait, hold on. Here we go. Sandy Duncan, best known for playing Peter Pan. Uh, you know, because Peter Pan's always played bad girl. Mm-hmm. She played Peter Pan on Broadway. Uh, she did a lot of Wheat Thins commercials where she was walking through. I totally recognize her. Yeah, walking through, of course, fields of wheat. 
So I'm at, I'm Sandy Duncan, Wheat Thins. And then there was this whole soap opera. See, you know, Sarah, I know her from something. I'm trying to, I'm looking at her Wikipedia page to see where I know her. You know her from her weird clay ache and looking face. That's where you know her from. I mean, we really, I mean, I love Sandy Duncan and all. I mean, she was in, you know, I loved Valerie's family. I was a big fan of that. Boy, she's weird looking. I think I know her from, yeah, it said she was on an episode of The Muppet Show, and I religiously watched The Muppet Show. Yeah. Maybe I know her from that. So here's the thing. There are really things that I wish, uh, you were really born too late for things, because some things, because it, there are certain sort of scandals or sagas or soap operas that I think you really would have enjoyed if you've been able to see them unfold at the time. But I've got my Britney Spears and Anna Nicole Smith and well, stuff of, of our time. No, that's certainly true. But I'm just going to say this. Here's the, here's the thing about, on KCMD Portland, here's the thing about Sandy Duncan and this sitcom for which she became really famous. There was this sitcom called Valerie. Now, it was called Valerie. It was one of those sitcoms where it's like the character name and the actress name were the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the actress Valerie Harper was on the show called Valerie. And it was, you know, same thing. It was, you know, dad, it was dad, mom, and I think two, like, goody-goody kids, like two, like two freakish, you know, brainiac kids, and then like a hooligan kid, if I remember correctly. Two good kids, bad kid, mom, dad. Just a sitcom, but it was pretty funny. It was actually pretty well written. It was, you know, it was very witty in terms of 1980s family sitcoms. And so at one point, Valerie, uh, Valerie Harper says, "Hey, that's that's great. You know, the show's getting, you know, everybody's watching this Valerie uh, show that has my name on it. They couldn't possibly get rid of me. My name is on the show. I'll ask for more money." And then NBC said, "Well, no, look, now that's not." No, I mean, the, the, you know, you, that's not going to happen. We, uh, you know, we can't pay you anymore. And, you know, this is the deal. And she goes, no, no, no. What are you going to do? Get rid of me? That My name is on the show. Next thing you know, they're writing a script where Valerie's killed in a car wreck. And it was a sitcom. Really? It was a sitcom. And, like, they came, and I think it was even at the first or second season, opening, the opening episode, well, it's too bad about mom being killed in a car crash. They didn't just send her away to live in the country. Or like, mom's off working with the blind at an orphanage. Mom's dead. Dead in a car wreck. And that was considered, at that time, it was really a big story in Hollywood. Because that was considered one of those big, um, uh, if I was off the yard using a different phrase. But it was uh, the studio waving something around and saying, look at this. Bam! Uh I mean, that was considered a real, like, screw with us, we'll screw you. You screw with us, we'll screw you back so hard you're never going to work again. Uh, And so they killed her character. Which, on a very lighthearted sitcom, was, like, almost unheard of. Yeah, that's a little random. And so then the show wasn't Valerie. The show was Valerie's family. Uh, and then they brought in Sandy Duncan as, like, the aunt. You know, she's like the husband's uh, sister or whatever. So she comes on to kind of fill that role. And then it became not Valerie's family. It became the Hogan's. And so it went from being Valerie to Valerie's family to the Hogan's in, like, three years. So in three years, the show had three different titles. And three different casts to a certain degree, because Valerie Harper got a little uh, persnickety, decided she wanted more money, and then they snuffed her character. Oh so it, was a, it was a big deal back then. Uh, so I'm looking at this photo of Sandy Duncan, who, by the way, only has one working eye. One of those eyes, fake. Um, so I think I think it got poked out when she was a kid or something. But that's the like that's the other thing is you would watch Sandy Duncan on TV, and you'd look and you go. Which eye is no, she's treated for a tumor behind her eye, which damaged the optic nerve. She lost sight, but she's able to move it normally. Okay, but, see, so, but it, it works? Yeah. See, I thought so one of them was... She can't see out of it, but it moves. Oh, see, I thought it was like full-on glass. See, this, before the internet, you, you only... I would have never it, known that. I, would be, I wouldn't even known who she was. See, and before the net, you would just, like, you'd think it was a fake eye, because that's what some dude at school did. No, she get a glass eye. I guess that's not the case. Here we go. 
And it's not, that's not bad. She doesn't look that bad. I would say for, she's 62. Uh, I would say for 62, Sandy Duncan does not look bad at all. All right, good for you, Sandy Duncan. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, we can't really break here, so let's, uh, we'll do some calls. Let's see. We'll do some calls. Uh, I got this, uh, I got some emails to get to and so forth. We'll break, come back, Tim Riley, and uh, we will squeeze in this topic. Oh, we got to do Transvestite trivia. Mm-hmm. Hi, you're on the, what's up? How can I help you, sir? Uh, Wikipedia does have a, uh, like a uh, Google did you mean thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like so, if I, so if I misspell a word, because it seems like Wikipedia doesn't ever correct me. It seems like it just said no page with that title, and then I realize it's like I switched the I and the E or something. Yeah, like I'm uh, I'm on Wikipedia right now, and like let's look for the uh, Rick Emerson uh, Rick Emerson page, and like I look for the Rick Emerson S's. show page. That's much more fun, especially the yeah. part where it doesn't come up. That yeah, part I put like put in two S's, and then you know where it says no page with this title exists. Right. Blah blah blah. blah. Underneath the, the the search bar, it says, "Did you mean oh, Rick Emerson?" Fair enough. Maybe I'm using some weird, outdated. Uh, maybe you've got like a, like access to a secret Wikipedia page somewhere. I don't know. What Probably are you talking not. about? All right, all right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Quick. What's up? Who who plays the oldest son on Jason on uh, on uh, Valerie's family? Almost gave it away. Uh, I don't know. Jason Bateman. That's not true. You're making that up. Oh, that's true. It's not true. He was on that. No, no, no. Because he was on that same time. Jason Bateman was on It's Your Move, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know that one, but he was the oldest son on Bowers. Oh, damn it. Hold on. I remember the mom dying, and he kind of like was the oldest boy I had to take care of. Became the man of the house. And and I remember like the two, like the, uh, and I guess the two younger kids, I guess I'm getting it wrong, because I guess the two younger kids, they were twins. But it was that kooky thing where one of the twins was like a brainiac and the other one was like a hooligan football player. I so, believe you're right. All right, hold on a second. Thank you. Wait, here we go, the Hogan family. Yep. Okay, well, well done, you're sir. Right. I didn't remember that at all. Uh, I thought that he, he did this show called It's Your Move on NBC where he was sort of, and it was before this movie even came out, but he was kind of like a Ferris Bueller type. He was kind of the kid that had everything wired, you know. <laughs> all right, well. I'll remember that one. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Smarter than I was a minute ago. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. There What's used up? to be a band in Portland called Sandy Duncan's Eye. That's fantastic. Wonderful. That yeah, was awesome. There was a poster up at Satyricon. I used to always Genius. All right. see it. Hey, have you ever seen Deadwood? Uh, Deadwood is a show that... HBO uh, series. Yeah. No, I have a... Uh, there was a listener who, God bless him, took the entire run of Deadwood, put it on some DVDs, and just dropped it off at the front desk for me. Uh, and, and I just, and I, I'm a terrible person. It's just sitting at home and I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's on the pile. Uh, you know what? It's kind of like the Sopranos. You know, if you start, just watch, just commit to watching five minutes of it and you'll be hooked for the rest of the time. All right. It's now, awesome. And I know that it's all, I know that it's incredibly profane and apparently it's all written but in iambic pentameter. Like a bummer of like a, of the last episode too. That's why I've always kind of. I don't know. I haven't heard. I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. All right. It wonderfully. But this is, but you, but it is a strong recommendation on Deadwood from you. Strong recommendation. Uh, use caution since you have a job that uh, requires you to, you know, not swear. Um, it did color my language for quite some time. It is just relentlessly uh, profound. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't let up. I mean, you will find yourself saying things in conversation to people that you would never say stuff like that. I, I got to tell you, I was shocking. I was that way. Um, let's see. I was that way about. Wag the dog. Did you see the Wag the dog? Uh, did you see it on DVD or on TV, Sarah? On DVD. See, when you see it on DVD, 
he, David Mamet wrote Wag the Dog, and he just takes poetry. You know, he makes poetry out of profanity. There's that whole sequence where they, the, the, they've crashed in the desert or whatever, and Anne Heche is swearing at Dustin Hoffman, and she just unloads that torrent of beautiful profanity that ends with calling him... I have to edit this, of course. Oh, and she's standing out in the field. Yeah, and she she ends up by calling him a a whale s commie f, and you hear it and you go yeah, and I and man, I started using that phrase all the time. So. There is uh, all right now. Now I'm doing what you do, which is get off on all these weird tangents. Um, the uh, just don't go to a Clackamas Mall, sir. You never know when it might go bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, there. Have you ever seen the American Pie movies? Yes. Well, I've seen the first uh, it, one. All right. Well, believe it or not, on the on the credits of I think it's the second one. They're talking about Stifler and how this guy is an artist with profanity, and they've got all of these outtakes of him swearing. And I, I mean, the, the, the movie. I don't remember anything about the movie, but but these outtakes of him, like you know, just just spewing profanity is fantastic. I got to so, tell you, anyway. it takes a real. It, 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 people think that it, you know, say this, and it just you say it to be funny, but it is true that it takes. It takes a real artist touch to use profanity well. In a hilarious way. In a hilarious way. And, of course, you know, probably the all-time master is George Carlin, who knew exactly the right word for the right sentence at the right moment. Um, but it is, a, it is a rarefied skill, one that I hope to work on someday. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thank you. All right. There you, there you go. Um, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as, of course, you know, we, uh, we try not to work blue here, but I will say occasionally... You do lament that you can't use profanity because sometimes nothing it works. It punctuates things the best. Punk, no, see, and see, that's why I love you, Sarah Dillon, because that's exactly what it does. It punctuates. It nothing, or as George Carlin's mother used to tell him, certain words just cut. You know, they just cut at the right angle. On the Wire, which is a very well-written show, um, there's a phrase they use at one point of the Wire that I have started using upstairs. And by the way, I got to say that I'm proud that at least two people upstairs now use this, like in casual conversation around the office. There is a sequence on the wire where this sort of, uh, you know, this kind of gruff detective, Bunk Moreland, uh, a murder police named Bunk Moreland, is out drinking with this guy, Jimmy McNulty. And they're out drinking by the railroad tracks, lamenting that, you know, the man and the boss and, you know, the job and everything. And they're both drunk on Jameson's. And at one point, Bunk Moreland, who is this big kind of, kind of like grizzled kind of guy, he finishes off the Jamesons, and they've been, you know, bitching about how, you know, how the job sucks and, you know, whatever. Um, he finishes off the bottle of Jamesons, he throws it at the railroad tracks, and it shatters. And I can't use the words, obviously, so I have to, uh, have to abbreviate, as we sometimes do. He goes, S is effed. <laughs> and I mean, as soon as he's, and that's the first time I think I'd ever heard anybody really say that, like on television or a movie, where he goes, S is effed. And I thought to myself, my God, he's right. <laughs> S is effed. And so now there are several people, and I'm proud to say that Susan is one of them, who occasionally, you did a meeting, something happened to some, some guy, some call, some, some jerk on the phone, whatever, and she'll just, and I'll hear from down the hall, she'll just hang up the phone, she'll go, S is effed. And it's like everybody, and you know the thing is, you can't really disagree with it. It says everything. Yeah, you can't. It, it says what needs to be said in this world of ours. S is effed. All right. Well, on that note, Richie, uh, do you want to come to the studio? We'll do transvestite trivia here. Ooh, you have to play a sounder, though. Yeah, I'm going to do these calls. We'll do transvestite trivia. We'll break. We'll come back with uh, Tim Riley. Let me just, uh, the hell am I doing over here? No one knows. All right, there you go. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help ye? Uh, yes, the uh, Valerie family. Yeah. I remember the first episode back, the father was a pilot, an international pilot. Yes. He was like, well, 
Boys, I know it's been six months since your mother died. I know is that it this. Okay if I go back to work now. I know this awkward expository dialogue is here to bring the audience up to speed, boys. Um, and it was, but it was that was considered at the time a really, really ground not groundbreaking, but I mean it was it was a notable thing that the studio just effed her so hard by killing her character. I mean they didn't blink. She's like, I'm not coming back. You pay more money. Character dead. I mean, they same thing with McLean Stevenson on MASH, by the way. Because McLean Stevenson, who played Henry Blake, he wanted to, do, uh, to quit to do this sitcom. Uh, um, um, the hell was it? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Something, something. It was set in Portland, Oregon. Hello, Larry. Set in Portland, Oregon. And he's like, so I'm going to be leaving MASH to do this sitcom, Hello, Larry, and... Maybe if it doesn't work out, I could come back to MASH. Maybe I could resume my former role. Henry Blake, dead. I mean, as soon as he walked up that show, he wouldn't have to off the set five seconds, and they were killing his character off. So it's always, it's always something just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he died in that horrible plane crash that just happened. <laughs> exactly. It's almost like it came out of the blue, like it was added in the last writer's session. We never got to say goodbye. No. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, one more, then we'll do transvestite trivia. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, man, um, I hey, heard man. a rumor uh, one time. I don't know if you already covered this. Forgive me if you did. I kind of bounced in and out of the show. But uh, I heard that Sandy Duncan has a glass eye. Uh, we are actually just talking about that. Uh, apparently, see, I, see, the Internet has made life much richer because you can look stuff up and know stuff. On the other hand, the Internet's kind of taken the joy out of life because you can find out that the Mikey kid from the Life Serial commercial isn't dead. And you were kind of hoping he was because it's interesting. Um, Sandy Duncan, my whole life, heard she had a glass eye. Here's what I heard, dude. Not only did I hear in school that Sandy Duncan had a glass eye, I heard, and now that I think about it, why did I ever believe this? Because it's insane. We not only heard that Sandy Duncan had a glass eye, we heard that Sandy Duncan had a glass eye that had like some little like wire machinery in the back of it so it would move around and look real, like a Terminator eye. Like, and it would move. Like, why did I ever think that? 1980. No one had a glass eye operated by cyborg technology. That's just silly. But we all thought it. So, no, no, she didn't have a glass eye. She had a tumor. Uh, she can't see out of the eye. It, it it still works. Like she can, you know, when she moves one, they both move, but it just doesn't uh, have any sight to it. Ah, uh, okay. See, isn't that less interesting than the truth or than the uh, than the urban legend? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, well, there you go. All right, sorry to ruin your life, sir. All right, thank you. All right, let's take caller number five right now uh, to play uh, transvestite trivia with Richie Bristol. Did you know what question we're gonna ask today? Nah, I gotta figure it out. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three. 733 2970. 503 Your chance to play transvestite trivia for a pair of tickets to see Richie Bristol as Rochelle Crystal and the Lips Cabaret, uh, December 13th in North Bank. Richie Bristol, tell yes. them what that show is going to be like. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to dance. I'm going to sing. I'm going to be half naked sometimes. I have a sample of Richie singing. Oh, is no. this real? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not screwing oh, with no. me. No. All right, here's a sample of Richie singing. Not as Rissell, though. As you dodge the... Oh, that's oh, no. right. I forgot all about that. As you dodge the homeless on the streetcar, Max or Buck, out of Gresham, to Bell, to Clackamas. I forgot all about that. Oh, yeah. That's from our uh, aborted Christmas song. Yeah. Rochelle's much better at we were, singing. So now is Rochelle going to be singing a Cole Porter song? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Right. Anything else? Like a sample, like little, like... Actually, I put a band together. 
Oh, is this the band with Greg Nibbler? Yeah, he's playing bass, and I have Warren. Is, is he going to be drums. having that big porn mustache on when he plays? Does he have a porn stash? He sometimes. Like, if you see him play with Tour de Force, or whatever they're called. Yeah, I saw them, though. Uh, Timmy Ryan's going Occasionally, away. he'll put on, like, a big <laughs> a big fake porn mustache. Like, just, just for grins, I think. Oh. Okay. I mean, well, Sky's on drugs. Sky on drums, worn on saxophone, but it's basically jazz. It's good uh, music. So it's December 13th. Tickets available at Taboo Adult Video? Yes. Only at Taboo, not at Ticket West. Just Taboo Video, three locations. By the way, have you posted, you know, that poster that you made, the one sheet or whatever that shows you on stage in the dress? Um, no. Is that online? Yeah, it's at my website or it's also at the MySpace. Okay, at uh, Rochelle.com. That's Rochelle with a T and two L's. Um, it, you should know that that is posted everywhere throughout CBS Radio Portland. Oh, it's yeah. in the kitchen. It's in the it's hallway. Everywhere. It's upstairs, like, by the general manager's office. So the GM walks out of the There's office. There's one in Tim's news booth right over there. It's in the news booth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Sweet. I do I do like the idea that every day as the GM leaves the office, it just, you know, all right, sales, public affairs, cross-dresser, check, you know, on his way out. So. Sexy. Uh, yeah, didn't, oh, we didn't say that. And the Just List Cabaret is going to be here next week. I'm going to have some... Are you going to do like a little performance in the studio? Yeah, next Wednesday, I believe, at 2 o'clock. Fantastic. Can you give us like any kind of sample? like just the... Hello! You can't just say that. That's not a sample. <laughs> next week. You're making... Okay, he's making us wait until okay. next Wednesday. All right. Uh, hi, you're caller number one. Sorry about that. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Caller number two. So sorry. Uh, hi, caller number three. What? Hey, caller number four, look over there. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. All right. Now I've waited like an hour since I gave out the phone number, so i got to wait for the fifth call. I've just emptied out the phone line. It could be you. Next person. Well, because I do that thing of like, I do the call to action, which is when you tell people to pick up the phone and call. And then I always take like an hour to answer the calls, and so then you got to wait for the fifth caller. Wow, this is really well played, Rick Emerson. (laughs) There they are. Shut up. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Are you ready to play transvestite trivia? Yes. You have to think about it for a second. Are you? Can you, can you commit? I can commit. I had a glass eye story, but I'll switch. What? But you'll, switch? You'll, no, what no, is your no, glass no. eye story? The glass eye story. Grade school, there was a kid named Frankie, and he had a glass eye, and he, he would pop it out and put it in his mouth and literally make the little girl vomit. Excellent. It was, it was atrocious. Good for him. All yeah. right. Moving on. Uh, all right, you're going to play transvestite trivia. This is for a shout out a pair of tickets to see Richie Bristol in the uh, drag cabaret show, Rochelle Crystal and the Lips Cabaret, December 13th. Tickets available at Taboo Adult Verde. Are you ready, sir? Fire away. All right. In what film? In what film does Barbara Streisand disguise herself as a man in order to take religious training? In what film? Does Barbara Streisand, her character anyway, disguise herself as a man in order to take religious training? I'm clueless. I don't have a clue. What? I'm sorry. Rich is horrible. Even I know that. All right. Sorry. Says the crossdresser. Right. Sorry about that, sir. All right. Well, better luck next time, sir. All right. See you. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. You ready to play uh, Transvestite Trivia? Yes. All right. In what film? Does Barbara Streisand's character disguise herself as a man in order to take religious training? Uh, a new leaf. No. Gone with the wind? No. Do you have any idea, sir? I don't. I'm really astonished. This is a movie that I thought everybody knew. Sarah, do you know this? No, no, that's totally wrong. No, that's the one we were talking about yesterday. Tim knows. Yeah. No, no I, I don't know this one. All right, we'll try. All right, sorry, but we'll try one more. You're kind of serious. What? Movies. No. Well, no, I mean, well, that's it. So nobody, yeah, so nobody knows this. Well, all right. Well, you know what? Rather than do that, 
We'll hold this over, and we'll do we'll do like another round either maybe later today. That was an easy one. That's no. The the answer the answer is Yentl. Oh, the answer is Yentl, starring Barbara Streisand. All right. Back after this, we will have Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. We return around the corner. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Down about the three, like us. Michael Mara Show at 7 and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Multnomah County Sheriff's Office is at the scene of a big meth lab bust in the 3900 block of North Juneau. Deputies say they haven't seen anything like this for a long, long time. They say it's an old school meth lab. I don't know what that means. It has like a crank on the end of it or something. <laughs> They're churning meth. Yes. Cody Joe, get out there and churn me some meth. Anybody want to go into outer space? No. Wait, what? Would anyone like to go into outer space? I would. Is this like a I thing would. that you're... I've watched Armageddon again and it inspired me. Are you saying this is... You Are you... Is the bravest man I ever knew. I just... I watched... It was on twice this weekend. Did you and cry? I no. All right. Are I you, can mock too much to be sad in my mind. Are you Are you asking me... Uh, if you are, are you asking me if I want to go into outer space? Because <laughs> the story... And the story being read is contingent upon me saying yes. Or... Is it because someone is actually offering rides into outer space? That is correct. Really? Is yes. it Richard Branson? He is one of them, but this is a different company. He has competition. Because he's in every one of these stories. Every single story like this. Richard Branson, Virgin Mogul. Well, this is a California rocket company offering discount prices for rides into outer space. Excore Aerosmith announced it will sell rides aboard its Lynx spacecraft for $95,000. That's less than half price for Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic tour. Stories are made up. Now, the flight takes less than 30 minutes, but includes a five-night stay in Arizona. Wait, let me understand this. You're paying you're paying to go into outer space, uh, but it includes a five-night stay in Arizona. Yeah. Is that like the big selling point? I guess so, yes. That's like, yeah, I don't really want the car. I only want the undercarriage coating. Can you just sell me a big box of undercarriage uh, coating, please? These test flights begin in 2010. No, they don't. That's the thing. These stories, these stories we, we, I remember like in 1999, Noel Gallagher, but I bought myself a ticket to go into outer space. No one's going to outer space. It's not happening. They've been selling the... This is like... Um, I'm not going to say it's a scam. I'm just mm. saying this is like one of those things that they just roll out when they're not talking about the stupid flower that sells like a dead body. Mm. This is just the go-to story. Richard Branson, blah, blah, blah. Space tourism may soon be a thing you can do. It's not a thing you can do. It's not going to be a thing you can do. It's made up. It's it's bupkis, Tim. I'd be afraid of the thing you explore, like the space shuttle. Can't that happen? Possibly this might be unsafe. I suppose it could happen. Can I go back to talk about the old school meth lab again? No. <laughs> no. No, it's fine. That was funny on two levels, Tim. How so? With the, A, the drugs being crank, and then B, ah, an old-style crank. Go. You know, that's a thing inside a thing that's, is what you did there. That's layers of comedy. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. All right. Things inside of things are what I especially... I would certainly prefer that to more space shuttle jokes. All right, then. A message in a bottle tossed into the ocean has turned up in North Carolina 39 years later. The note was sealed in a Schaefer beer bottle. It's dated August 17, 1969. It reads... If found, notify North Halladin Fire Department Number 2. Well, this man and his daughter founded it at a beach in North Carolina in October. Now it's 400 miles from where it was sent. 
The Downington, Pennsylvania resident said he got on his cell phone, called the uh, fire department, emailed photos of the bottle to the firefighters. Nobody's sure who tossed it yet, but firefighters suspect it was during one of their many fishing trips taken many, many years ago. Are you writing something? I am. I'm making a little note to myself. Oh. Making a little note to myself about the top five. Will we have time for that today, sir? Yes, yes, yes. We should yes, right listen, away. You're all like, let me quit talking, please. <laughs> all right. Uh, let me hand this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's uh, your top five. Five. The Tuesday, the four, I've never heard three, you so excited about a top five. I love the top five. five. So we do, yes! What is this top five? Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out in just a moment. Now, people are calling to explain why you want five days in Arizona. People who live in Arizona don't want five days in Arizona. They spend all their time. They just save all their money so they can vacation in San Diego. I mean, I'm sure it's a nice place. Chris Paddock is from there. Just, seems like a thing. Seems like a, a place that people often try to leave. That's my my only point here. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's uh, Tim Riley. And though it should go without saying that drugs are a scourge, a plight, a pitless force of destruction and mayhem. What? A pitless, oh, a pitiless force of destruction. They're a pitless mayhem. force. They've been depitted. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh-huh. Sometimes what, Tim? When Sometimes through, when we... When built you through rock and roll, they sound fun. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, to do that for. These are the top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. All right. All right. So we're not. By the way, and of course, we're not saying being a junkie is awesome. And we're not kids. condoning any drug use. No, of course, that would be no, no, that would be wrong, Very and that's not a thing so that uh, we can't get behind. That that's not a thing we can advocate. I'm just saying, theoretically speaking, mm-hmm. uh, one could say the artistic rendering uh, of or depiction of the junkie lifestyle might be painted with a certain false romanticism uh, by the world of rock and roll. Or as Bill and Ted uh, say in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, dude, we got totally lied to by our album covers. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here are the uh, top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. The H.M. Blackberry and Lit Up. I don't know what you're saying right now. <laughs> Isn't that what that says? Now, honorable mention. Oh, honorable mention. Buck Cherry there and you Lit go. Up. All right, fantastic. Just... The H.M. Blackberry. Arr. Welcome to the H.M. Blackberry. I'm Captain Thumbwheel. I've got a little mental today. I think so. All right. This is Buck Cherry, and I know that... Here's the thing. I know it's not fashionable to like Buck Cherry, but I really do. Is he a person? No, well, this guy, well, everybody's a person, Tim. <laughs> Are they right? Buck Cherry. Buck Cherry? I think it's a play on Chuck Berry. Oh, I see. I never got that. Yeah, so this this guy, Todd, whatever this guy's name is. His name is something Todd. The chorus. Um, but wait for it. The chorus, it's hilarious because the chorus is so unbelievably blunt and to the point. He just says, I love cocaine. <laughs> so there you go. That's it. Just say, the chorus really is just, I'm lit up again, I love the cocaine. I mean, not cocaine, the cocaine. Just like uh, Letterman talking about kids being on the crack. By the way, for those who play the rock and roll, uh, you know, like Fantasy Camp home game, this is the guy who ought to be singing for Velvet Revolver, just so you know. I mean, just like in case anybody should ask, hey, who should be singing for Velvet Revolver? It's this guy from Buck Cherry. All right. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Number five, the Jefferson Airplane with the White Rabbit song. Yeah. 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 
This would be like a sequence of the doors, you know, where they're like, uh, we're like in an opium den, and sitting there, and Johnny Depp is, uh, you know, Johnny Depp's there with like a long pipe and quarters on his eyes. Yes, I can identify with that. <laughs> can you really? Does it speak to your life group, Tim? Here's the thing about this video, though. You watch the video for White Rabbit, and very, I mean, you know, that that combination of just unbelievably great traits, because Grace Slick, boy, she could sing. Just an amazing voice, and but gorgeous, too. I mean, really, truly beautiful, and not in like a glammy kind of show-busy way. She was really just a very, very beautiful woman, and just a, vo just a voice like a siren. You know, kind of like a, uh, almost like an Ann Wilson before Ann Wilson was even singing. You know, she does that whole, like, feed your head thing. like wailing it at the end. This song is kind of freaky. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about this song. This is like a song that makes, it, it kind of makes drugs sound all mysterious and cool. But I don't think I'd want to listen to this if I was on any sort of heavy drug. I think this song might terrify me. Jump out a window. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Kids jump off the darndest things. Uh, here's Tim Riley. The top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Number four, Aerosmith, Combination. And there we go. This is a great song. This is a fantastic... This is one of those, uh, what they used to call an album cut or a depth track, meaning it wasn't a single or anything. Deep track. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like the single they released to radio, like Walk This Way or you know, Back in the Saddle. So this, of course, is about many things, including Steven Tyler and Joe Perry being all smacked out on heroin and whatever else they could get their hands on. There's a great, uh, you know, those behind the musics are kind of cheesy, but the, the behind the music about Aerosmith is really good. If you see it, it's two hours long. And it's a full two-hour documentary about Aerosmith. And they're talking about making the recording the Draw the Line album, I think, which they, the record company rented them a mansion in the middle of nowhere and said, take as much time as you need. And it took forever because they got there and they all immediately went to their different rooms and separate ends of the mansion and just stayed there for weeks doing heroin, never coming out of the room. Uh, and Steven Tyler described that it was just days full of night, which is kind of the, the phrase that Steven Tyler is you know, great for coming up with. And then at one point, I think it was Brad Whitford that said he knew that things had gone um, sort of bad when he walked into the recording studio one morning because something woke him up. And Steven Tyler was just in the recording studio with a shotgun blowing holes in the walls while high on heroin. And you got to admire something that rhymes Yves Saint Laurent with so goddamn gaunt. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Tim? Number three, David Bowie, Waiting for the Man. This is a great song. I think this is the version that's featured in uh, Almost Famous, too. As they're getting ready to go to Swingo, Celebrity Inn. And, of course, wait. waiting for the man. Ah. Twenty-six dollars in my hand. 
waiting for the man to uh, sell you your junk. Up to Lexington, one, two, five. Still sick and dirty, more death and other waiting for the man. I mean, how cool is that? Sounds so badass. And this is all about sitting on the corner waiting for the dealer to come by. Hey, white boy, what you doing in town? And, of course, David Bowie is one of those guys who's so stylish that he can just make anything sound cool. Oh, pardon me, sir, it's the last thing on my mind. I'm just looking for a very good friend of my hand. I'm waiting for the man. Da, da, da. I mean, I'm not a big David Bowie fan, but, man, when he's good, he's fantastic. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Number two, Black Sabbath, Sweet Leaf. <laughs> that little repeated cough is one of the most famous intros in metal history. So this is one of the... Look, I love Black Sabbath. I love Black Sabbath. I love Ozzy. And then we have a whole list of songs here about being a junkie and drugs and whatever. I think I speak for a lot of a lot of people when I say it. It's songs like... But only pot, though, for some reason, has this weird effect on people where they write, like, actual love songs about it. Like, love songs to weed. You know what I mean? so many people who are so in love with weed. I mean, like, whatever. I mean, I, you know, I don't care. I mean, you know... You know, ingest whatever you want to ingest. Doesn't matter to me. But it's, but that's the thing, right? Like, you know, people people take drugs of whatever variety. Sometimes legal, sometimes not. Sometimes prescription, sometimes caffeine, sometimes whatever. But weed has that thing where it's like dudes got to sit around in their basement and they got to write whole albums, like rhapsodizing about a leaf, which is this song. It's called Sweet Leaf. I mean, it is a whole. Right there. An entire song that is literally a love song to weed. It's weird, though. But it sounds right just because it's Ozzy. So there you go. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Tim? Number one, Guns N' Roses. Mr. Brookstone. Mr. Brookstone is the, uh, that's like, that, Mr. Brookstone is the guy that sells you the, the alarm clock that makes uh, cricket noises. I gotta go see Mr. Brookstone. I need a vibrating chair. Great song. And, of course, Mr. Brownstone uh, was the actual name of Izzy Stradlin's heroin dealer when they lived in, uh, you know, West Hollywood. They were just there sort of like in this terrible, like, dirt hole apartment. And that whole line about, I've been dancing with Mr. Brownstone, he, you know, he keeps calling, he won't leave me alone. Because because Izzy Stradlin had this whole thing about, like, no, I'm going to quit, you know, I'm going to quit heroin. And then, like, the phone would ring, and it's Mr. Brownstone, the dealer, going, hey, just got a new shipment. Got to come see me. Dave Mustaine from Megadeth tells us who, you know, and Dave Mustaine was a, smacked out for a long time at heroin. Dave Mustaine tells this great story about how he would actually go to score heroin in L.A. And he would 
make a note to bring this CD with him, Appetite for Destruction, because he would want to like have this to play as soon as he left the dealer's house. So he'd go by the dealer's house, go in, give him the money, the dealer gives him the heroin. Dave Mustaine would then get in his car and put this song on, because this had to be, this was like his driving home from the dealer's house song. Well. All right, there you go. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Don't do drugs, kids. They're for losers. All right. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. It's a Rick and Rick. Now, every time I cough, I feel like I'm doing the beginning of Sweden. <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard that, so I thought that was something wrong with it. No, that's uh, it's just one of those things, because they were undoubtedly stoned. Hey, let's say that cough that Ozzy just didn't loop it over and over for, like, no reason, because we're high. <laughs> and the creepy part, like, I don't mean to sound like I'm passing judgment. I say passing judgment. The creepy part of that song is when he actually says, I love you. You know, it's a plant, man. I mean, fine, you like it. That's great. People, yeah, I dated a guy who was a total pothead, and it was just very unattractive. But see, that's the thing. Don't you think there's a difference between... I, I, I know no, but he, a, he had like a... a legal schmeagle, I like know. Like a little but, pipe that he would carry around with him all the time. And right. it's just like, it, it's like he... He's like, oh no, it's not addictive yet. He smoked, he smoked it all the time. But it, and it's also like the guys with all like the, the like the pot uh, like art. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, the, no offense, Dennis, but like guys with the pot tattoo. Yep. You know. But I mean, that like they're forty and they still go, eh, it's righteous. Look at my pot tattoo. You know. Or like you go to their head, they got the big like the big silk screen tapestry thing like hanging on the wall. You know. And right next to that is one of like. Uh, Right next to that is like the Bob Marley tapestry. It's like oh, it's like white on black, and they got it at the head shop, and so they legalize it. You know. All right, friend. Whatever. Uh, let's see. Subject line of this email. Rick, I am getting so old. I just played Left for Dead multiplayer so long in one sitting that when I got off the sofa, my lower back was killing me and I could barely stand without whimpering like a schoolgirl in one of those tentacle-filled anime porns. You've revealed too much, sir. Uh, what kind of loser gets injured from sitting and playing a video game? Is this what I have to look forward to the rest of my life? Huh? P.S. Mayo Man Chris is apparently going to buy Left 4 Dead. It's one small step for a guy who doesn't like to play first-person shooters. So, uh, all right, there you go. And this is great. I don't know if we have time to do this final call because i got to read this. This is from Kristen Bowie. Richie uh, Bristol, of course, is getting ready to do his, uh, you know, his drag performance. Yes, in a couple of weeks. So I was having a, uh, let's see. He said, uh, Kristen says, so we're having a couple of drag queens come in with Richie on Sunday on Musicology to, pro- to uh, promote his performance on the 13th. I told Richie he should spread the word and tell people to tune in. And Richie said, quote, I'm spreading it to the gay scene, end quote. Which I guess now that I think about it, it could mean like three different things. It, it could be. Well, there you go. He does look quite fancy in his heels. And then she decides it. Bam! All right, bam indeed. <laughs> No time to be fair to another caller. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Katz about Man Moy, Elisa Desjardins, and Katie Darrell from TMZ, as well as Mr. Skin of uh, MrSkin.com. Rick Emerson, show producer today, and every day the lighting sounds of Sarah Stone. For Amnesty, we're talking the news and Jim Ryan's Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, Webmistress, Bridge Upstairs, CBS Radio, Portland Marketing, Guru Sindor, and everybody around the market. Right by. Like us next, Michael Mayer's show at 7. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Watch it for folks. Bye. I've made a huge mistake. I've made a huge mistake. I made a huge...